0: Hey, I'm Todd Knock, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: On the money. It's deadly.
2: Start to lie off right. You sharpened
1: it all up and shit, and you're gonna attack. Doing. Shooter Jennings, no, not Shooter Jennings. What was the? Uh, oh, Shooter McRae. Uh,
2: no, no, no. I think was it was it Jennings?
1: I think, no, Shooter Jennings is is Hank is um, Waylon Jennings' son. And that's why I'm, I'm confusing it confusing. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, is he's it,
2: in the first episode of uh, Punisher. Second season. Is um, it
1: Shooter Williams? The you know why I'm shooter talking. Shooter
2: McGavin. No. Well, no, because it's it's yeah from from from. Um,
1: Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, shooter McGavin. Okay, Shooter, yeah, McGavin. shooter, yeah, yeah, shooter yeah. McGavin. Okay, I shooter, shooter McGavin.
0: Pow pow. <laughs> played by. Remember who played it?
1: <laughs> yes, but I don't remember his name.
2: Christopher, Christopher McDonald. McDonald.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: Great movie, by the way. One of
0: Sandler's better movies.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was it was during that, during uh, that sweet spot of his.
0: Yep.
1: So, what is the
2: best in your General estimation? Is a sweet spot too. It's it's like um, Ace Ventura: The Mask, um, um, uh, liar liar. I think those are. But for for Sandler, it's it's. I know a lot of people love Billy Madison. I enjoy it. I don't care for rewatching it. Wedding Singer is funny as hell.
0: Yeah, I would say Wedding Singer is the one I would like be most ready to rewatch. If you had all of them for me to look at, well, I do have all of them for you to look at. But <laughs> I'd have to disagree with you
1: both.
2: Oh, I like 51st Dates as well. I think it's uh, that's that's it's not hilarious, but it's 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 on the cute side for me. I enjoyed it. I made a lot the of mistake it. of trying to rewatch Waterboy. Oh, oh stop. Just, Dude, like, that's it's the, it's the best one. one. It's such a it's, bad movie at it it's, it's not, it's not the, best. the best thing about that is Jerry Reed.
1: <laughs> I'm pinching my nipples now. In slow-mo. And you are not in slow motion. You're in the real world because this should have been a different episode. Than we have planned, but <laughs> that's the way it works. Because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 616.
2: <laughs> like Marvel, baby! Yeah, See, that's hilarious. I, I didn't think it was the yeah. one we had
1: planned. Okay. And I'm Vince B. Fucking yeah, shit Vince up B. as usual.
2: That's, that's fine. It's,
0: we all have our thing. Uh, I'm David A. Price. That is facts, and I am Charles Chuck Tavy Jr., but you know me as Chuck Cat. Oh
1: thematic but you're not chuck cat you're jason wood everybody in the house for this 616 episode that has almost nothing maybe to do with the marvel universe maybe some things will pop up but anyway the list of specials at discount comic book service is still not up but that's okay because you're confident you're assured of getting the absolute lowest prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles and everything in the preview catalog. Just go to discount comic book service at dcbservice.com. dcbservice.com and everything splayed out in front of you in those long, long, long lists. Everything that's in the previews is available through discount comic book service. And you can get it at a fraction of what everybody else is paying. So just do it. Why are you hesitating? I don't want to tell you again. dcbservice.com name of that tune, bitches. There you go. Yes. So what's up? What's going on, you guys? been gotta, so long since I heard from you guys. I know. The dust has not I s- miss you guys. settled Honestly. on 615, and now we're in 616. That's
2: be a bitch. It's, like, it than, it's like 10 days ago. Yes. I'm already thinking about rehab.
1: Unless we, I don't know, throw him a curveball somewhere along the line and and, you know, just pop into their eardrums unexpectedly yep
0: yep it could happen but it is fourth of july weekend week so we we uh we got our file of faxes book, out book. And we compared yeah. calendars yeah we had our secretaries uh have a three-way conference call between them to figure if there was a block of time that we were all available in our very busy lives and uh monday was the day yeah um
1: i don't have a secretary well you guys holding them out? Play along.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Ingrid. Is that wasn't the only three-way they were doing. Ingrid. She's a, a right little now. person, and she's excellent at what she does.
2: <laughs> oh, this motherfucker.
1: I was watching Total Recall. Which I haven't
0: That holds up.
1: The original. The Schwarzenegger uh, one. The original. Okay. And I haven't seen it in, God, must be 20 years. The little lady... That's in uh-huh. the bar. She is so damn cute. And I have to yes. do some kind of oh. investigation on whatever happened to her.
2: Oh no, she's been in things. Really? It's a recent movie. Um, I think it's called not special forces, special unit. There's um uh Christopher Titus, the comedian, he uh he made a movie where uh he's he's basically a he's he's like a Martin Riggs to an extreme. He's he's the hothead loose cannon detective and they they end up saddling him with a group of um special needs officers and and disabled officers and uh she's she's part of that crew. Ah. It's a recent movie too.
1: Nice. And I gotta say I don't think Sharon Stone has ever looked better.
2: Oh she looked fantastic in that movie. Yeah she had
1: a little bit of meat on her bones Yes. She got a little too skinny along the lines. But God. If, if you do watch that um, Rolling Thunder review, the uh, Dylan uh, Martin Scorsese thing on Netflix, you will see a very, very young Sharon Stone. She was involved, not involved, involved, but her mother took her to see Dylan during that 1975 tour and they have contemporary Sharon Stone talking about what happened in the past and you get to see images of her as a teen and she's she's striking mm. yeah neat stuff so what are we all drinking
0: Jason well, um I'm not drinking alcohol but I am at least not drinking water tonight I I'm uh, drinking some freshly brewed like homemade brewed iced tea I like it. I mean, I know it's not exciting, but it's better than water, right? No, now.
1: I was a little bit prescient because last episode I said, "What are you drinking?" Iced tea, and you said, "Oh, you, no." You know, you might have given me that idea. <laughs> See, the <laughs> seed was planted. Yep. Yep. Oh. Well, pour one out for the last two cans of Lieutenant Dank. <laughs> I'm going Lieutenant <laughs> Dank. I'm going to have to
2: get some more. Well, you got plenty of time before we get back together again, so be able to. True that. Um, in honor of his return to the set uh, after an injury, and in honor of the last really, really good James Bond movie, I am drinking Skyfall Merlot, um, from twenty sixteen. In Walla Walla, Washington.
1: Oh wait, you didn't like um, what was the one? Uh, Spectre? Spectre. Yeah,
2: I like parts of it, but it is—it's—it's it's a massive letdown after Skyfall.
1: Okay, that's fair.
2: I don't—I don't hate it. I don't outright hate it because I've seen it a couple times since it's—it—it it, it came out, and um, yeah, there there are some moments, but there are other moments where it. Stretches a bit, and 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 I can't make that that reach with them. It's just it's it's not as as tight and solid as um, as Skyfall. Which completely agree. It's I mean Casino Royale was great. Quantum of Solace was eh. Skyfall was absolutely fantastic. And I mean I, I'll watch Spectre more than I'll watch Quantum of Solace, but um, I'm I'm soaked for uh, for the upcoming. Movie. Samesies. E's. Same
0: where hear something cool? I Absolutely. Do. Um we're going to the we're going to the drive in Wednesday night to see oh. Spider Man. Nice that's hot. Yeah. What time they does the movie to... start? Uh eight fifty five. All right,
1: you're good. Yeah. Oh, by, yeah. By the time they air out the trailers and stuff, it'll be dark. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's why they set the time that way. They set it yeah. to sundown. What's the double uh, bill? My wife is uh, yelling at the kids. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry, what did you say? What's the double bill? It is um, Men in Black, the the new one. Oh, oh. International.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah we're. I, I doubt we'll stick around for that because we got the young, we got some young bucks, we got Holden and and the Kennedy kids and stuff. So I don't think we'll stick around for that. But yeah, no, it should be fun to see uh, Spidey in the drive. Absolutely.
2: Thing. Yeah. There's a. Um, my wife keeps wanting to go to. Um, Either the one in Poughkeepsie, um, or Hyde Park. She she wants to see the Secret Life of Pets too.
0: And not, yeah, it was really good. Um, we saw it. It was a lot. Of, I hadn't seen the first one. Oh, but, really? Uh, first yeah, one. Was fun. Yeah. They all saw it without me, and I never got around to it. But the second one was was very very funny. It was very oh, okay. yeah, it was very clever. Yeah. We um, but it's not
2: Men in Black is is playing as well as um, I think there was something else. Oh, I think Rocket Man. So. Uh, which is weird because it's rated R. But I was like, okay. I mean, that's that, that's fine. But yeah, so I don't know when we'll be getting to, to the drive in this summer. I'd like to because we haven't, we've never gone to the drive in together and, and she hasn't been there in years. So, um, and I was all about that drive in life when I was younger.
0: Yeah, right. Like as a kid? I was yeah. when I was out,
2: lived out west. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun.
0: My it's... pops and I would go all the time. And I just remember we'd go see anything. I mean, we would saw like horror movies, like triple features and like. Sure kung fu movie like it was just oh that was great yep
1: it's uh unfortunately it's a dying experience um pennsylvania yeah. has the most drive-ins oh is yeah. that right yep oh ah. yep i think we have the last thir- uh, drive-in actually showing 35 millimeter prints most of the drive-ins have gone digital uh one of them yeah. around here uh actually broadcasts 35 broadcasts. listen to this um shows 35 millimeter prints Oh, uh, okay yeah
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I assume there's still some in New Jersey, but we go to one in Warwick, New York, like right above the border. So, like the one we're going to is in in Warwick.
1: All right, we got some uh, news to cover before we get into the the nitty gritty. According to Newsarama, okay, Walking Dead is ending with issue
0: 193.
2: Oh, that's huge! Most upcoming, yeah, and that's that's the. Because 192 came out a couple of weeks ago, We'd had. We, was which this had planned? Because
0: I don't three. remember it in the solicits. Yeah, well. no,
2: I don't. I don't.
1: I don't, I don't believe it was. it was planned because um, I just perused the article and it says. Oh, it's
0: this week's comment. This week's uh, issue. Yep. 193 comes out this Wednesday.
1: Yep. Done. July 3rd comes out.
0: Holy crap!
1: Yep. And I don't want to. I don't want to plagiarize um Nozorama but it's going to be 71 pages 193 wow. and Kirkman apparently is upset for some reason uh, but he wanted to go out um exactly the way he 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 planned he he claims that this is the ending that um he wanted I I don't well, know if I, I can believe
2: recently, that I don't it's weird no I I I mean considering what happened in one ninety two, um, or the end of one ninety one I haven't I, I haven't caught up. Um you know, I think for a lot of people it wouldn't it would I guess it's where I don't think that people could imagine it if it kept going. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you threw me for a loop there when you said that that, that Kirkman's upset about something.
0: Yeah, I, I'm well, seeing what you're saying now. He said, I'm upset too. This is Kirkman. Uh, I'm upset too. I'm going to miss it as much as you will, if not more so. It breaks my heart that I had to end it, and we have to move on. But I just love this world too much to stretch things out until it doesn't live up to what I want it to be. I hope you understand. Uh, okay, so it's it's... He's just saying it's time, time. and he knows it's time, but he wishes it wasn't It's going out on a
2: high note instead of having it go on like like, like Seinfeld and Friends, where you you should have pulled the plug earlier than you did.
1: But, you know, I mean, I'm I'm smelling bullshit because the abruptness with which it was done, um, and let's be honest, comic shops make a good amount of money on Walking Dead. Oh, gosh, absolutely. For the sake of the industry which with which you purport to be a part of
2: i thought they did it based on the trades though like i thought the trades make right right. whatever
1: the case there will be no (laughs) more
2: right that's being printed no there won't be any new ones after 193 whatever our volume collects 193 right but but just like terry with strangers in paradise i can't imagine kirkman not trying to re-release it or come out with a a super deluxe archival edition it's he's still going i don't I think he'd be doing himself a disservice and shops a disservice if if he just said okay you know whatever this last trade whatever this last collection the hardcover collection that collects however many trades and that's that's it we'll keep we'll keep them in print but you're not I don't I I think we'll still get some new releases
1: of the same old material right. Well, well, that's not going to help stores.
0: Um, walking Dead. I just checked because you know I don't really pay attention to the sales numbers much anymore. But uh, to stay sane, but I did just look into this conversation, and uh, it is still a, consistently a top twenty-five book, like right. uh, industry-wide. Which is, and needless to say, it is far and away like many factors the largest image book.
1: Right. So why not end the book the way you want to end it, and then hand it off to someone else. That you mm-hmm. trust? No. Oh no, no, no,
0: no, no. Would you have wanted someone else to do Cerebus after Dave Sim? Would you have wanted someone else to do Bone after? Je- That's no. Well, Would if they work,
2: were, do you want Eric to hand over Savage Dragon to someone else?
0: No.
1: Well, I just think that there's something there. There are more wrinkles in this in this story than are coming out. You just don't end a book on the recently. Released issue. What about the ones that were solicited after this? Now they have to. There re- weren't any though. How were there not any issues solicited after
0: I, this? I don't think there have been a solicited before. Oh, it's, it. it's been there, there. have been two previews
2: since it came out, so I don't. I mean, I don't even look at Walking Dead,
1: so um, I don't. I don't know if there was anything solicited or not. But oh no, there has been. See, so what do they got to refund people now? It's just it's weird. It's just, there seems to be some kind of shenanigans going on, where. You don't just bury a property that's generating revenue for comic book stores just because you want to. You know, maybe there's some well, kind of rights issue going on with No,
0: it. no, that's there's no question that that that's not an issue. Well, I don't know. He it owns, just
1: seems it smells funny. No,
0: dude, he owns this lock, stock, and barrel. The, the only lawsuit that ever was fought over this was with Tony, and they settled for a fortune out years ago outside of it. I mean, he he owns this lock, stock, and barrel, dude. Like that's not okay. even...
1: okay. Well, I mean, what could be the the reason? He just well, got tired the of writing I'm looking
0: it. At the, um, I don't know if the Newsarama article mentions this, but I'm looking at the the bleeding cool version of it. And it's seventy one pages and it's it's square bound, it's prestige bound. So maybe it collects those two issues that in the past. So I'm guessing this was planned because he wouldn't be able to make that kind of I mean it's never been square bound before. And it's not seventy one pages, yeah. So it seems to me like he and it makes sense based on what happened in one ninety two. So you know, the solicitor for one ninety four was Sheriff Kapoor, and maybe that was just Kirkman being cheeky. Right, because yeah. he knew. Well, I'm gonna. It 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 seems very Kirkman to do this. I mean, like, if what's the one thing left he could do to surprise people with Walking Dead? End it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I have to read the issue to see. I mean, I'm I'm up to date on it. I'm Kirk, well, I, I I'm read, I've read up to 192. So, um, oh, so, I gotta say, it feels. I didn't know this until we started recording because I'm bit super busy. And I didn't have a chance to read uh, anything, but um, but I have to say, it feels like a perfect time to end it because. You know, it's this arc. This last arc's been pretty redundant. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean it has. I, I, you know, I. So I, I'm not gonna. Usually, when a series I love is ending, I get sad. I'm not gonna miss it. Mm.
1: And I have to admit, I'm going through the previews, and um, Charlie Adlard is involved with a new book called Vampire State Building. There you I f- go. <laughs> I, I forget the, the name of the uh the publisher. It, it's it's Earl it's up towards the front. It starts with an A or around mm-hmm. there. And it, he's doing all the visuals for it. And I'm thinking, wow, that's okay. a little strange. Charlie Abbott, he must be fast if he can do Walking Dead and mm-hmm. this new thing. And now it turns out that, well, he probably had known um, you know, for a good amount of time enough to complete an issue of something that he wasn't gonna have the uh the Walking Dead Skrilla, I mean, at least for the current issues coming in. So mm-hmm. it's it's just a, I think it's a very weird situation. I'd like to know the truth. Whatever.
0: Well, so, we'll see if we can dig up the truth. Yeah,
1: so there you go. Walking Dead ending with issue 193. Comes out tomorrow. No, uh, Wednesday. This is Monday. Well, tomorrow when you hear it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to do the, the comics thing? The the thing th- that we're going to do. Is that why do? we're here? That's why we're here. Let's hope that's why we're here. Um, David and I read something uh, for this episode. And as I was reading it, I thought, hmm, it'd be kind of a cool idea to list our top five um, comic, comics and or. did I not are you, are you talking about something I didn't read? Uh, I don't know if you read it or not. I didn't look at the Slack, but it was the um, Spider-Man Annual.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I thought you were talking about something else that you asked David, and I—I mean, you asked David to read because I'd already read it. Okay.
1: The right. So the Spider-Man Annual focuses on Spider Ham, and it's—it's it's a whole bunch of you know uh, funny animals running around. And I thought it would be a neat idea if we would just go down our list of top five all-time favorite um, funny animal slash anthropomorphic series and
0: or stories. So that's what we did. Can we bring them... Uh, can we pierce the veil for a minute? Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, y'all know that uh, that you listeners probably know that we, uh, uh, we... We like to pretend like we don't do any planning for the show, but we, we do a little bit of planning, a little organizi- organizing. We try and keep it organic, but... So Vince hits us up today, um, knowing that it's been not even 20, well, 24 hours, 25 hours since we last reported. And he says, uh, hey, how's about we do a little impromptu top five tonight, off the cuff, top five funny animal comics, he says. Mm-hmm. So Dap's like, "Um, oh, could we can could we do that? And then I'm like, what? I'm like. <laughs> I'm not sure I could name five funny animal right, comics. which is where it was coming from. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah, same, ditto. And then I was like, well, can we maybe do top five animal comics or, like, anthropomorphic? And then Dap was like, yeah, anthropomorphic without it being funny is about the only way that I could do a legit list. So we were kind of on the same lines. And then <laughs> – and you all need to understand – Vince, I know when some people meet him, they think he's like this uh, stern dude. But he is super, He never gets mad at us. I think he gets mad at other people, but he really doesn't get mad at us ever. He just hits back. Call them whatever you want. They're still funny animal comics. <laughs> like dead, tan serious. Like you fucking idiot. Like what did you think I meant? And I'm like, I'm like, bruh. I'm like, I'm like, mouse isn't funny. You know, we three's not funny. Mouse car's not funny. Et cetera, et cetera. So Vince fucking Wikipedia's me. He drops <laughs> a Wikipedia entry into our Slack, explaining that's, that's the, the funny, definitive right there. Yeah, yeah, the funny animal is just a catch-all term for all anthropomorphic animal characters, and it does say that in the Slack. So I, I mean, in the Wikipedia, so I was like, I stood corrected, but I was like, all right, all right. He I, was just, I don't, I don't progress unless I know I'm right.
1: <laughs> you would and, and this is an instance of. And it happens with my wife all the time. Whenever I display a shred of assertiveness, because I don't do it at all usually. Mm-hmm. Whenever I become even the little bit, bit assertive, everybody's like, "Oh my bad, we're going bad." You know, he's getting all salty and shit. And it's not, it's not it's not that at all. It's just me not bending over and just taking it. You know, because I knew I was. I don't want to. It's not a right thing, a right or wrong thing. It's just that. Fandom has dubbed these this genre funny animal comics from the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, I, listen, I stand corrected. You edumacated me today.
1: And you know, even though it could get dark and violent, and because the, the the terminology funny animal comics did not evolve with the medium, back then when it was first coined, everything was funny animals. So they're like, okay, let's just call it funny animals. But then you had the undergrounds, guys like Kim Deech. And, well, I'm not going to spill the beans. It transformed, it, it expanded what was possible under the umbrella of Funny Animal Comics. But they're not going to call it, you know, anthropomorphic comics. Because then that is a sticky wicket. Because then you could bring Transformers into it and GoBots. Like, that's anthropomorphic comics. Right? They're anthropomorphic machines. So. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Well yeah I, okay okay no i mean you're they roll so i'm gonna you know they do they they are fashioned in the form of the human body most of them and they they do exhibit they have faces and they exhibit human characteristics and
0: you are correct you're right i guess when i think of anthropomorphic i think of animals, think animals. Of humans, but yeah. you're right that is yeah. not the definition right so it's, it's a little weird human characteristics so yeah. we
1: we we decided to um well we didn't decide but um, I think back in all three of our brains, we decided we're just going to call it funny animal slash anthropomorphic comics. Your top five, our top five, and it's favorite. It's not best because that's right. a silly thing yep. to attempt. It's just favorites. And uh, Jason, as he is always wont to do, solicited our patrons to get their opinions. Did you not?
0: Uh, yes, uh, we certainly did. Yes.
1: Cool, cool. And and if you would like to. Uh, get the lowdown on what this whole Patreon thing is. Patreon.com forward slash Eleven O'clock Comics will reveal all. Yep, and there's going to be some some big 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 changes soon.
0: This is all true. Yes. Um So, you want to just jump right into the, this list before we talk about any any comics? We yeah, let's leave. do this.
1: Let's do the roundtable, <laughs> and then and then uh, we can just move on from there into the the whatever we want to do. This is just a laid-back, free-form, whatever-we-feel-like episode.
0: Um, all right. Sounds good. So, so who's going
1: first? Top five funny animal slash anthropomorphic comics. Number five. Jason, go.
0: Okay, number five for me. And this was actually a lot tougher than I thought it would be when we, when you first threw the idea out because as my mind started racing and I started checking off lists and... Went down, you know, was sort of running through the mental Rolodex. There's a lot, actually. It's it's a it's a more popular genre over the years than I realized. But yeah. um, And anyway, uh, because rules are rules. Number five (laughs) from Image Comics, written by well, mainly written by Richard Starkings, with art by a bunch of badass artists over the years, probably most notably, based on the number of issues, Moritat, uh, Boccello, Burnham. Uh, I am, of course, talking about Elephant Men. Good choice. So, um, Elephant Men was at its zenith right about when we started this year podcast. Uh, in fact, when when the former fourth horseman of the 11 O'Clockalypse, uh, Chris Niesman was a part of the show, and he and Sal did that Windy City Comics. Uh, I actually had uh, a spirited dinner at a vegan restaurant with Richard Starkings, where he got super mad at me because of something I said about Jack Kirby. I don't think he ever got over it. Wait, what did you say? Did I ever hear this story? Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a, it's a conversation that hasn't been had a million times. I made the point that, and and you don't disagree, but I know you do it begrudgingly, that while I think it's absolutely a shame that Kirby and his family didn't get insanely wealthy, I do think, for the most part, it's on record that he knew what he was doing at the time. Like, Kirby knew—like, he knew he was working for hire. Like, that wasn't so—and and Richard just got super offended as though I was saying, Kirby, you sucked or something. And Anyway. He um, did sign I the checks. Yeah, that was my point. But anyway, yeah. um, neither here nor there at this point. But point being— um, that was when the book was at its at its uh peak in popularity for those that don't know it's it's a post apocalyptic world where the mapo corporation has created um human animal hybrids uh of uh lots of different species but primarily like african animal species like sub saharan african animal species that you'd see at the zoos so you have um uh rhinos and hippos and elephants and giraffes and crocodiles and zebras. Um one of the more popular characters in the run was a was a private investigator named Hip Flask. But uh yeah, it's just it just looks at that world. Um and you you get introduced to a bunch of uh there's a it's eight, it ran it ran 80 issues, and then there was some one-shots and spin-offs. There was a Hip Flask series as well, so all tolls probably ninety hundred issues. Um, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, I didn't, I can't say I read every issue of it, but I, I probably read 60, 70 issues of it. I read it for a long time and until maybe the last year or two when I kind of fell off a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, and it's all collected by image also can get digitally. So definitely for those that are listening tonight and, and, uh, need more to their Regina pile, I, I, I would definitely recommend this. It was a lot of fun. I know we were all fans of it back in the day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it does become a little... Watered down towards the end, and yeah, and, I agree. I yeah.
0: agree. Yeah. But, but I, you've I, got a good what you've got. Probably got. Uh, I mean, and they also, and it's because its image and Richard Starkings. For those that don't know, is also uh, the owner of Comicraft, which is one of the definitive uh, font lettering companies in in the industry. And so he's very much focused on design. And so he had some beautiful uh, hit the trade the trade paperbacks were in print, but he also did some beautiful oversized hardcovers with die cuts that were great. And uh and if those that don't know, Moritat is Moritat's never looked better than in this. Like he's done lots of cool comics since this, but but for me, when I think of Moritat, I think of, of Elephant Men. Yep. So that's my number five. What do you what do you all got? That's a good
1: one. That's a Thank real you. good one. Yep.
0: That is.
1: Well, we do the round table. David,
2: you're next. I'm next. Yeah. Um my number five, I think. I am going to go with bars the bear um Dark Horse comic from back in the day um parody of um although not really I mean they were the i guess may, may maybe the the plot for any given issue could have been um something else that was going on in the big two, but for the most part, um Boris was just his own character. I know the covers like to to mock um either the the Dark Knight or Marvel's twenty fifth anniversary. Um Electra. Right. So yeah. they were just yeah, cover, Snake eye the Snake Eyes cover. And there were um but I just I, I really enjoyed the art. Um they were just and for the most part, done in ones, it, they were, it, it was just, it was, you know, it, it, it was something that Dark Horse offered that wasn't an Aliens comic. It wasn't Dark Horse Presents. It wasn't The Mask. It it, it wasn't Comics Greatest World. It was just um a, their take on, on the funny animal comic. And, and I enjoyed it a lot. And it's something that I look for when Vince and I do go back issue diving. Um, Hell yeah. I don't see it too often, sadly, but, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if, if, um, if I have it, um, I'll, I'll still buy it. Cause I, I, that, that's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. I wouldn't mind other people seeing what I enjoyed way back when, but yeah, it's, it's not something that, um, gets mentioned when, um, when funny animal comics come up, but, um, I'll, I'll still hold the torch for it. So yeah. Boris the bear from dark horse comics is my number five for, for, for tonight uh, on any given day. This, this is one of those lists that with the exception of maybe one or two, um, is malleable They're Um, it's, it's not a all time top five for me because it's, it's that would involve a lot of research and planning and, and connecting some dots. And this is just like Vince said, off the cuff. And, um, that's what I'm throwing out for number
0: five. Yeah. Full you know, p- disclosure: I've never read a Boris the Bear comic. Oof. Oh, we fixed fix that. Oh, and hey. and wh- do you know why? Speaking of uh, rights issues, is there a rights issue with uh, because there were homage covers and stuff? Because it's never been collected. I, I mean, I think there was a trade back in like the '90s, but but in this world of of, of super beautiful archival. Uh, reprints, uh, that would seem to be a no-brainer. I certainly would have bought it but it's never, I've never seen hide nor hair of any kind of collection of it.
2: Especially with all of the Dark Horse omnibuses. Yeah, no that's what I'm saying.
0: So it makes me think there's a kind of a rights issue.
1: That's weird. Yeah. But I will say that the...
0: the Mike Richardson created it too, right? So Hmm.
1: you would think uh, that if someone's going to exploit his own work, it would be Richardson, right? Yeah. But um that, that deliciously frothy drink that sometimes tasted like crap of the spin-offs from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, black and white boom, whenever mm. that book hit and everybody was doing funny animal comics, Boris the Bear was part of the cream. It was one of the much better books. <laughs> In, Versus in, like
0: Samurai Penguin and uh, well, actually, Samurai Radioactive kangaro- Black Belt Hamsters. Yeah, I was stuff. just going to say they. have You don't
1: shit on Chin and Parsanovich. That book is great. But I'm just saying like
0: – Well, I'm, I'm asking. No, I haven't read it like any of them. I'm asking oh, like, what do you mean by uh, – yeah?
1: Adolescent Black – Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters is awesome. It is. It no, is. No,
0: so what I'm asking you then is what, what counts as like shit then?
1: Preteen teen dirt, Dirty Gene, Kung Fu Kangaroos. Like there was a million different, you know, tie or gotcha. Spinoffs. No, I don't want to say spinoffs. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, copycats.
0: Not from, either,
1: yeah. Not even. Yeah. Just trying to make money. Um, mm-hmm. And and nine out of ten were garbage. But um, hamsters, Boris the Bear was phenomenal. They, they were like as good. I mean, if the Turtles had never appeared, I think the hamsters and Boris the Bear would have been wildly popular. But they were seen as. Capitalizing on the success of Eastman and Laird, so they were, you know, people snubbed their noses at them. But you need to rectify reading both of those. the
0: The Hamster's book is
1: just so great. Yeah, it's.
0: it's If you're listening, Dark Horse, let's get to reprinting these. I believe they did Uh, in
2: in April 2007. uh, James Dean Smith began self-publishing again under the name Oasis Comics. Smith handled writing art, lettering, editing, and production chores on a brand new Boris the Bear title that began with a new first issue, Boris the Bear, A Fall Into Spring Special, followed in 2008. That same year, Smith announced that he was working on a Boris the Bear online strip, as well as a new one-shot comic book titled Boris the Bear Pissed, but neither of those projects materialized, so I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if uh, Mr. Smith has... Mr. Richardson
0: um, had it falling
2: out, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, so there you sad. go. All right, I had a hell of a time compiling this list. All oh, right. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In 1987, a disagreement with Dark Horse over the direction of the title convinced Smith to take Boris back from
0: Dark Horse after ah, the 12th okay. issue.
1: So Smith was the creator, not Richard. Right. Well, I guess Richardson Mike
0: is co-creator cuz he owned the they probably threw the deal but Oh, yeah, oh yes. right. Okay. But gotcha. yes, it's it's a James
2: Dean Smith property. Okay. There you go. I
0: had a very hard time with this list.
1: Initially, I thought, "Ah, this will be friggin' easy. I'll just throw five titles, and that'll be my favorites, and, and great." And and I had to cut at least twenty things from of my list. No, seriously, I had to cut a lot. Well, it's pretty high, so, so I think
0: it's pretty So I think you know you can. I, I mean, I definitely think well, there's, there's going to be. Oh, some I'm lots. mentioning my, there's my be also some honorable readers. mentions. Yes, yeah, yeah, I have a lot Plus, of. My, we'll, uh, after you do your fifth, I'll read some of the comments from the. Okay. and stuff too. We'll inter- intercede them, and, so. and
1: I'm David. Will be pleased. The pieces were in place for me to do a tie, and I said, "I'm not going to do a tie this time." Order. So, so my my three and two are similar, but I did not group them into one, even though I would have liked to to fit something else in there. But I didn't do it because it's it's no bueno. Number five. Now, this is going to tell you how good the rest of my list is. Number five is Art Spiegelman's Mouse. Hmm. Not a feel-good title by any stretch of the imagination, but I was... I originally followed it as it was coming out in, in Raw and um, followed Mr. Spiegelman to wherever he, he took it and what he did with it, and I was I was gobsmacked that someone could get this much power out of very uh, minimalistic, minimalistically rendered mice and cats. And uh, it's a horrible, horrible subject, but um, I believe it's a subject that young people should um, experience because it it needs to be the the horrors of this incident need to be perpetuated they need to know what happened they need to know um just how inhumane and downright evil um the man can become so uh, i i thought it it's a brilliant work the one thing that stuck out to me for the whole um the entirety of the story was um, Spiegelman's interviewing his father, Vladik, and I forget exactly what it was, and maybe it had been a, a matchstick or a, a piece of string, and uh, it was discarded, and, and Vladik is picking it out of the, the garbage can, and, he, and Spiegelman's like, what are you doing? He goes, you don't throw this kind of stuff away. This could be useful in the future, and it just shows how spare their lives were in these concentration camps where everything, like they had nothing, they did the, even their identity was taken away from them and and they they would you know use everything at their disposal to stay alive where he's going through the garbage for uh, a used matchstick or or whatever it was and it's just that's a powerful sequence so it's one of those books that once you read it it never ever leaves you and so that's why i went with mouse for my number 5
0: so before we get to some of the patron commentary uh, It's my number one, so you just said it quite beautifully. But Mouse is my number one.
2: Okay, so let's get that and out there. I
0: have never read it.
1: Holy shit! Wow, you know what? For as much as you bitch slap people for not reading Born Again, the fact that you have not read Mouse, dude, I am well, stunned.
2: Uh, I Whoa, wow, I I couldn't, I can't. It oh no, I don't want to say I can't. It's it's just it's not. I I respect it. I know that. I know how important it is. I I know the story it tells. It's just it's one of those things where I just I couldn't ever see myself sitting down to read it. And so I mean it's not Mm -hmm. it's not it's not something that you know I don't. Will I eventually? Maybe, but right now. I, I, up until this point in my life, I've never, and I would never dispute, you know, I would never, you know, it's your number five, it's Jason's number one. I absolutely understand why. I get it. And I. I it's not something that I would ever judge myself because obviously I can't. But I, it, it's almost like, it's one of those things where I feel like I don't need to read it because I, I get it. And it's 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 been beaten into me, and I don't mean that in in a bad way. It's just I I know what it's about. I've I've read enough about it where I almost don't need to read it, and I know I do. It's it's yeah.
1: So, so I, I get it. Just to paraphrase, mm-hmm. and and uh, I shouldn't because it it um, conjures memories and thoughts of something else similarly named. But it it's actually a story about the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah, it really is. And in mm-hmm. few comics, I I have the power of Mouse. I mean, there is something very very real in those pages. Um, I mean, that's why he won a Pulitzer for it because it's mm-hmm. it's a story that that needs to be known. I mean, every kid should. This should be in in high school curriculum. Every kid should read this book. Because yeah, I, it I
0: was it was a uh, it was. Part of my college curriculum.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's an amazing, but I know it's, it's, like I said, it's not something you read for enjoyment. Although the craft on display is incomparable. And he did it on little tiny sheets of paper. Like he, he didn't put any kind of, um, he wasn't precious at all about the art. He just had to get it out. Um, It's, it's just, it's, it's a monumental work, but I can, I can completely sympathize with you why you haven't read
0: it. Yeah, I mean, you've you've, you've said qu- quite a, a lot, so I don't have a ton to add, but but for the, you know, it, it being my number one, I, I could not put it number one because of the cultural significance of the book. Like, right. this is a book where... Um, now, now, I think we're all, because we're such fans of the genre, I wish that the, it was... I wish comics were seen, graphic novel, whatever you want to call them, which were seen on even par with with prose generally but but still for the most part that's not the case it takes a a, much like it's almost impossible for an animated movie to ever win best picture it's exceedingly difficult for a graphic novel to pierce the very very stodgy and pretentious vein of most literary critic circles but this did it and like you said it is universally considered um, uh, not just one of the best comics ever created but one of the best books it's been on every best of list from NPR to Literary Society to the ALA it, it, their list of greatest American books so, You know, uh, it's on every top 100 list for sure and, and high up into many of them it, like you said it won a p- freaking Pulitzer uh, it won the best book at Angolem, it won Eisner's it won Harvey's, uh, it, it pretty much ran the gamut, At uh, I believe it might have won a national book critic award uh or at least right. was nominated. Um yeah, so so it's it's the book it's an amazing book because of the subject because of the way they depict like you said a very a subject that I think we all need to be um conscious of and 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 uh and informed about um and I think that that holds true with each successive generation. Um but I also think that it's a great source of pride because as comics lovers, it's neat when any time a comic like this is just so universally applauded by non comic nerds. And, uh, yeah, so it had to be yeah. number one for me. Yeah.
1: And I don't want to get on any kind of soapbox, but I think denying these events happened is as despicable a crime as those that engaged in these events
2: themselves. Well, 100%. I know. Yeah. Oh, I agree well, with yeah,
0: that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I will, um, I'll and as Vince said, you know.
0: And it's as, not an as, easy read, but to be clear, I mean, right. I think, to your point, David, I mean, being of Jewish descent, it, it is not like a pleasant read by any stretch. No, scratch. it's, it's right. a, uh, Horrifying. No, no. Yeah. yeah. And and it's,
2: we have been doing this show for a while now. I will, I'll, I'll read it before the end of the year
1: well don't okay. force yourself no 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 I mean- i'm
2: not no i'm not i'm not but like you just said Vince, it's it's you know it, for for all the shit i give people for reading you know just <laughs> standard listen you know this should be like on anybody's top 10 list i, I and and there's no way in hell you can say born again is anywhere near as important as something like mouse but sure. um if if i if i want to you know talk shit and say well you know you're, you're a fool. If you haven't read this yet, then, you know, for me to, and again, it's not, it, it's not me being defined or dismissing it outright. It's just, it's like you guys have said, it's, it's the subject matter. So, but I will, it's listen, um, what? I'll be 15 a couple of years. It should be okay <laughs> for me to read this book. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, we'll, be there, number... you. You, yeah. we'll, yes, we'll be there okay. for you. Yes. That's our number fives. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just jump in here with some of the patron comments. Uh, First off, I'm just going to go in order here. Ian Spillane said he didn't have a top five list, but Spy Seal is probably his favorite. Oh, nice. Which is a, a newer comic. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you and David were both big fans of it. Uh, he said it has a very 10 tin European edge that feels old and comfortable, almost as if the character has been around for years. Uh, Mr. John O'Neill said his top choice would be Black Sad. Mr. Mike Delvecchio says the pinnacle of what funny animal comics should be Uncle Scrooge. Um, And Trevor Williams, aka Trevor Plops, said so many. uh, I'd say that much of the top comics in the history of the medium qualify under funny animal classification. Uh, Mostly older stuff we have like Pogo, Donald Duck, and Mickey Mouse. More modern we have Bone, and I guess Howard the Duck qualifies. Sure, there are many more I'm um, forgetting. Now, um, I will end it there, but I will say, what do you all think about Bone as being inclusive of this? Nope. Biz?
1: Uh The question meaning, uh, does, Bone, Bone, does Bone qualify? Um, uh, yes.
0: Okay. The reason I ask is because my first reaction to this, to Trevor, was, uh, that bone didn't qualify, and I thought that because I don't think the bones themselves are animals; they're like humanoid, <laughs> w- like schmoo like creatures. And then he said, "No, I get that, but there are are there are funny animals in in the book, which is true." There's so I guess a dragon. There's the, the rat. National is is a, is a funny well. Animal. No, so so my the only reason I mention this is because. Let me be clear. Uh, I just said Mouse is my number one. If Bone qualifies, it's my runaway number one, like okay. without question. Now if I, it doesn't qualify, then, I mean, it's not, it is not on my top five list because I thought, well, when in doubt, keep it out. So I didn't put it on my top five list. But if it counts to those listening at home, then I would knock Mouse down to two and Bone would go up to number one.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I would argue that um, man is an animal. <laughs> and, you know, oh my
0: God!
2: No way! Than Amazing Spider-Man? No, no, no,
1: no. What, what I'm saying is, one? what I'm saying is, in in our in our ecosystem, man is an animal. In the bone ecosystem, they could be construed as animals from someone not from that ecosystem, right? So the bones don't look human, but they are anthropomorphic. They right. look like schmooze, as your as you said. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would I would argue Bone is a funny animal comic.
0: Okay. Well in that case, if you're if you're playing along, then that would be my one. If you don't think it counts, then mouses. Wow. So. Number four, Jason. Uh okay. Uh number four. Um this is one I think David most certainly will never read because we've talked about it several times over the years, or at least when it gets brought up, he says, nah, son, uh, that is We Three. (laughs) Nah, son. We Three, uh, which was a three-issue miniseries published in the uh, recently deceased Vertigo imprint. Uh, It was three issues written by the the, uh, OG, one of the top dogs of all time, Grant Morrison, and art by uh, the amazing Frank Quitely, uh, it is a story about um, a number of of animals that are turned into um, military killing machines and uh, their adventures. It's, it's three. It's it's three animals actually: uh, bandit, tinker, and pirate. And hence we three. Um, I think it's a fantastic story. It's got a lot of heart. The art is gorgeous, um, but. At the end of the day, it is largely a story where at the root of it is animal cruelty and experimentation. So I totally get why that is, why that is something that David cannot stomach. But uh, if you can stomach it, uh, I think it is a fantastic book. And and there's a, I have the deluxe hardcover that came out four or five years ago. Um, it, it's it's definitely something if you haven't read it's it's, I think it's it's Morrison and Quitely's, uh Second best work together behind All Star Superman. I co signed that. Well, there you go.
1: Yeah. Yep. Again, not an easy read by any stretch of the imagination, but.
2: And the reason why I don't want to read it is be. And that it's, it's, it's a testament to the creators because I know that the story Grant can tell, and I absolutely adore Frank's artwork, so. Um, to see the animals treated this way um, definitely wouldn't make it an easy read for me. So sure. there's the, I, I don't want to put that on myself.
0: No, that's that's all. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Who, who's your number four? Uh, my number four, I think,
2: um, I'm going to mix it up and go with something newish. And I'm going to say it's Captain Ginger oh Ooh.
0: my god really
2: wow yeah. uh okay. only because it was Holy it's shit. it's it's new it's it was it's it's one of the um more entertaining mm-hmm. funny animal comics recently i just i i gotta kick out of it i mean i i'm you know i mean juden brigman and 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 takes me back to the power pack days and um you know it came across that that she had a lot of fun drawing the book it was just it was you know it's cats space it's not um I, i think i mean it's it's weird if i had stayed with animosity maybe that would have been on my list but this was this is partly because it's it's top of mind and um and it kind of just ticked all the boxes that haven't been ticked for me when it comes to animals and comics in a while so yeah um and it's it's i believe the collection is out so, uh, or has been solicited, but yeah,
1: no, I had I, I I enjoyed it. Me too. It's cute as hell.
2: It is. It yeah,
1: is. and I gotta I will comment. Just you know, let's just pepper this thing with commentary while we're going through it. That I think the promise of Ahoy Comics from that first season, season two, does not live up to the promise. I mean, Bronze Age Boogie's good, but uh, these mm, books that are just, coming um, out, I don't. Um,
2: I wasn't. Steel Cage has been on. I, I read it, and I it wasn't my new travels for a reason. There's, it, it's basically a pilot season. It's you know, yeah. you know, yeah, you pick a story out of out of this anthology, and, and that's the one that will probably get made. And chances are, it's going to be the Mark Waid story that, which was probably my favorite out of it. It's the only one that kind of has any that seems to have any legs because there's there's the way it ends. It it mm-hmm. just it makes sense for it to be a series, but. Um, I mean the stories were neat in a Dark Horse presents kind of way, but it wasn't there wasn't anything there that I think had had a lot of teeth. But right. yeah, no, right. You're, you're right, Vince. Their second season is not. Uh, I mean, maybe um, maybe Second Coming will will um, spruce things up a bit as far as you know giving the second season a, a kick in the pants. But yeah, I, I, I didn't haven't felt the fun I had with the with the Wrong Earth and Captain Ginger, right? And things like. That. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey, next theme episode, let's do favorite top five favorite anthologies.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, that's I mean, I read a couple of years, so that'd be great.
1: Cool. All right, my number four. It is a two hundred and fifty issue masterpiece. Concocted by <laughs> two two guys named Dave Sim and yeah. Gerhard. My number four is Cerebus. And if you're all asking, mm-hmm. you, well, what does he mean? 250 issue masterpiece. Cerebus ran for 300 uh, issues. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it ran for 50 issues too long. The, the last 50 are just a tepid mess of gobbledygook. Uh, but the 200, the 250 before it that preceded those last couple arcs are just beautiful comic making. And, um, Cerebus is real to me. He he is he's a sarcastic little hateful self-centered bastard, and um, I love what Dave Sim did. And and not only was it a great comic book sequentially, it also had that juicy letters pages in the back, where added to this community feeling that um, you know people would write in and comment on the on, on what, what happened or how could you or you know I love your work, you're a, but you're a jerk, and it was just an amazing group my hive mind type thing and i love cerebus up until dave went crazy so yeah so do we have any more comments from the uh patreon gallery
0: course. yeah but of he's, course i'm um, probably gonna grab from patreon now yeah let's see um well lucas divine says uh unnatural which is oh, again, nice! A very, very recent one, nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. since we're since we're in since we're interjecting, I can't co-sign with that. Uh, I think it looks fantastic, but I think the story gets away from America. I I, I thought it like in the beginning, I thought it was pretty, but it, I think it's turned into a bit of a fever dream, and uh, it's lost to me. But anyway, well, but it looks great.
1: Yeah. I think that's a reason for me to get up on volumes two and three because Mayhap. Mayhap. I have them ordered.
0: Mayhap. Um, Adam Nemec says he doesn't have a top five, but he hopes that we give a little love to Captain Carrot and his zoo crew tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we shall see if we give them. um, uh, Bryce says off the top of his head, and finally someone that listens to directions, he has Mm a top five. Uh, He's got Black Sad, The Autumn Lands, Wilds End, Usagi Yojimbo, and The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Okay. Interesting. And then Paul Roybel just uh, – now he's messing with me. So, Paul, when you get your care package, if there's some dookie in it, this is why. Uh, <laughs> he said, is uh, Wolverine still a dog? Maybe we can talk about that. So uh, You'll see, Paul. I'm going to personally make sure your care package is handled. Um, uh, Mario Alba, not surprisingly, said Black Sad without a doubt. Yes. And Vince, a fellow uh, – Dave Sim, Gerhard Lover, Bob Zupanchik said Cerebus my favorite from way back but also throws a vote in uh, and I'm surprised we haven't seen more of this mentioned already for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Excellent So what are we up with number three now? Number three Okay number three for me is the uh, oft mentioned thus far Blacksad, Um written by Juan Diaz Canales with uh Drop Dead Gorgeous Art by Mr. Juanio Garnido. Um, this is a book we have talked about on the show. There are a number of volumes, um, most recently being Amarillo, but uh, there's somewhere within the shadows Arctic Nation, Red Soul, uh, Silent Hell. Uh, all beautifully collected in oversized hardcovers with the same trade dress, which is fantastic. Um, <clears throat> this uh, book has won two Eisners and uh, also, uh, like Mouse, won the grand prize at Angoulême uh, for one of its. I think the first volume. Um, this is a uh, it's a Spanish comic, but was it's bon de Sine. It was pr- originally printed and marketed in France. Uh, and then brought over to the U.S. after the fact, it is a noir comic. Uh, it's it's basically um, a 1950s detective noir movie, which is funny, because I always give David shit for uh, loving those kinds of movies, not uh-huh. usually my thing, but I damn sure love the comic version of it. Um, and uh, Black Sad is a private investigator, and he is a, uh, a, a dark-haired um, black tabby cat, and uh, he gets in all kinds of uh, adventures, you know, who done it basically. And um, Gornito is incredible as a draftsman and he draws just a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, these are sexy anthropomorphized animals. Um, and there's some sexy time in the book and uh, uh, each one is standalone. Uh, and I love it. I've read them all, I own them all. And um, uh, we've actually met. Uh, Guarnido quite a few times over the years because he's part of the Essential Sequential crew. Um, I don't yet have art from him, but it is a dream of mine to get him to draw Domino as a cat. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see if I can make that happen here sometime soon. But yeah, I definitely I had to throw some love to uh, the uh, the world's greatest uh, private eye.
2: Well, I really have nothing to add. That that's my number three as oh, well. Man. I do I do have art because he sketched. Uh, Black Sad in, inside yes, my right. my book at uh, at Heroes cool, that yeah. year, um, but yeah, I it the the art is absolutely stunning, and I I the, the characters just it didn't they, they look amazing as animals, and and I and it, the story, it doesn't, I I I I kind of want to say it wouldn't lose anything if if it were regular normal humans in this story but just the way you have especially black sad looks and 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 this this that that face and 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 that that overcoat it's just it's it's a striking image and it's it is one of my favorite um comics that that feature talking animals it's it's a gorgeous book i'm glad i i read it on a whim um and it's just it's it's definitely something I, I I recommend to anybody who who would listen. It's it's gorgeous. Great stories, beautiful art. Um, everything that Jason said and, and it's uh it's my
0: number three. Right on ooh, as ooh. well.
1: Now we're getting into weird territory for me because my top three are not only some of my favorite funny animal comics, there's some of my all-time favorite comics as -hmm, well. So, And here's where I didn't join them at the hip. I made a split. My number three is the Don Rosa Library. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's probably best to say The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Sure. I I would have been
0: shocked if that wasn't on your list.
1: Yes. I, I followed Don Rosa from way back in the day when he was writing the information, please... Uh, com- column for Rockets Blast and the Comic Collector, and then he would do the Pert Willoughby papers um, sequential art within Rockets Blast, and then he s- did this uh, take on Uncle Scrooge that I thought was just remarkable, and it was very hard for me to separate Don Rosa and the OG in the in the Duck universe, but I had to, you know, give the master props, so Don Rose is my number three. Don Rose the Library. Respect. Yeah. So your number two was um Bone, you said?
0: no, no, no. I I didn't put no, Bone number- on my list because I wasn't sure if it counted. I, so I was just I I would have knocked off my number five to put Bone atop my number one, which is mouse. So my number two, uh and uh you could have guessed it from my lead in, is Omaha the cat dancer um and uh you know hi the women and children on this one because uh this is the naughty time uh created by reed waller and kate worley uh it is the story of um a uh relatively uh, uh a very nice stripper uh named uh Susie jensen aka omaha and um it, it's a it's a comic that um, I didn't read in its original form. I mean, it was it was serialized for a while, and then it was in comic form for a while, and then it was on online for a while, and it's it's been reprinted several times over the years, albeit um, uh, not for a long long time. Um, and uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's erotica. It's it's a story. It's set in Minnesota in a town called Mipple City, which is a play on Minneapolis. Um, the, the the protagonist is, is Omaha, but it's it's also prominently features her boyfriend Chuck, who I introduced myself as. His dad is um, like a Donald Trump esque character, uh, sort of a business tycoon, a bloviating business tycoon. There's um, there's Shelley, who's his uh, who's his who's her uh, one of Omaha's good friends, and and uh, and uh, she sometimes lover. There's uh, Joanne, who's a a, a hua. Um, and also, um, involved with Chuck and, uh, Omaha times and, 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 lots of other characters, but, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's got a lot of heart, but you know, it is what it is. I'm, I don't want to go too deep here. This is sort of on the other end of the spectrum from a, say a mouse. I mean, this is not high art that's going to be received well in uh literary circles. This is erotica. It's uh, they, they get sex, sexy time, lots and lots of sexy time. Um, and, uh, I think it's done very well. I I really do. I think it's very well executed and it stands the test of time. And, um, I, I would love a collection of all of this together. Um, but it, I, again, I don't know if it's the right tissue, but it's just, there's not a complete modern collection of all this stuff. So, but, uh, for sure, Omaha had to be on my list.
1: Bodies are passed around in that comic like Mary Jane. (laughs)
2: <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <right. laughs> yes. uh, nice. yeah yeah nice um my number two th- this was this is where things get get a little tough and it's i i kind of move things around uh before we recorded i had my list i had one note open and i was going through some things and i moved some things around um so I, I I do have some play, like we mentioned earlier, so some honorable mentions slash uh, runners ups, which I won't get into now. But I will say my number two um, at the moment today is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Excellent choice.
2: Yeah it's it's uh, it was it was getting kind of tough. It was. um i mean it's it's a comic that's been around for almost as most of my comic book reading life it it's I remember and enjoyed the comic before it became a worldwide phenomenon in the form of cartoons and and really bad live action movies and um I played the hell out of those old playmates figures it it was just it it was yeah it it was one of those early moments in, in my comic book reading life where I, you know, things that happened in, in a Marvel comics somehow also play into the creation of, of, of these teenage turtles. And, and it just blew my mind and, and the art as if you want to say it was, it was crude. Um, it, did what it was supposed to do. It told the story. It's it's yeah, it's good versus evil, um, and I, I had a lot of fun with it. And, and yeah, I still think of, of turtles as you know, all of them wearing the the red masks. Um, I, I, I think the cartoons and for having the decision to different colored masks, so you know who's who. And um, but yeah, I just. I thought the comic initially was was a lot of fun it it's been in an and out of my life over the years um and again now, thanks to city at war with with art by the amazing actor but um yeah i I can't um argue what it means to me when it comes to funny animal comics and and um how important some of them are to me over others and and Turtles is definitely high on that list for me.
1: That was one I struggled not to put on my list. It's
2: not on your list? Wow. No, no. No, if it it hasn't been by now, I didn't think it would be. Yeah.
1: Wow. It was was a real struggle. And because, like David, I I felt, uh, you know, what does this comic mean to me? And and, um, how I longed for every issue. I mean, back in the day, Turtles hit like an Uru hammer. We were all just flabbergasted with this book it came out of nowhere changed everything changed the entire industry people mm-hmm. were trying to make money left and right based on the success of this book and i just thought uh, I, I i looked at my list and i thought mouse means more to me on a on a sheer impact level mm-hmm. than turtles I and, and i went down the list like cerebus god love eastman and laird what they did but it does not compare to cerebus right so i mean i went and it, i had to cut it um my number 2 is the companion piece to number 3. 3 was the Don Rosa Library 2 is the Carl Bark's Library.
0: Oh okay. So you have you have the ducks twice on there. I that's where I was missing because I know you yes. I could I definitely can know what your number 1 is now, but I okay, that makes sense. Couldn't yeah. figure out what your number 2 was.
1: I had to give the OG his due because he is a phenomenal phenomenal storyteller, uh a brilliant cartoonist and uh it I didn't get hip to the Carl Bark's vibe until relatively late in life i didn't read them as a kid i read them in i started reading barks's work in my late teens maybe early 20s but once i uh once he he managed to to pierce that superhero uh magic shell that i I surrounded myself with i went Mm -hmm. out and i bought the entire Another rainbow, Another rainbow. Carl Barks Library, the, the slipcase editions. I had them all. Um, I treasured them, and then for some stupid reason, I sold them. Uh, but I've since bought all that work back in color editions from Fantagraphics and other publishers. I love the work of Carl Barks. Um, it, it is essential to me as, mm, somewhat as Jack Kirby's work. I just think if there's a giant... Uh, mott rushmore of of true comic greats that carl bark's better be on there yep he's that good
0: respect i mean listen that's your that's your stuff and it's it's well regarded for a reason indeed um indeed i will uh before we do our number one, well you already know what my number one is anyway so uh we'll, we'll let you all do your number ones but before we do i'll run through some more of these uh patron thoughts um um Brian Clark, and for those of you who know Brian, there's no way it couldn't have been this uh, Usagi Ojimbo. And I say that because <laughs> uh, Brian is a fellow art collector, and he, uh, Usagi is to Brian as Domino is to me. He gets uh, beautiful Usagi commissions from lots of amazing artists. And, and he uh, a little personal anecdote, he achieved a bucket list at heroes. He got a, uh, a beautiful Usagi commission from Mr. Stan Sakai. So that's very cool. But uh, Osagi's there. Um, he also says, though, the, t- the turtles in Black Sand are incredible. Um, props to Rod Hedrick because he threw out a list of books that uh, did, not, uh, did not come to my mind but certainly deserve some love. He wanted to shout out Star Comics. He said they were all part of his childhood, and he gave out seven books, Count Ducula, Get Along Gang, The Care Bears, Popples, Fraggle Rock, Thundercats, and The Muppet Babies. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so that's so a nice nice list, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, Brian also says that uh, the Sonic comics deserve a mention. I'm sure Vince agrees with that. Yes. So, uh, uh, Trevor also says a little under the radar, but he loved Wild's End books from Abnet and Boom Studios. Um, I did not read those. And then uh, Rod said he was surprised that no one had mentioned Mouse Guard yet. And uh, I would agree. Mouse Guard was on my 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 runners up for sure. Um, and just running through here, um, John O says he doesn't have a lot of history with funny animal books. He asked if Ape Sapien counted. Um, <laughs> he does mention Black Sad and Mouse. He uh, he also said he loves Commandy supporting casts. Um, I think we all agree committee probably doesn't count because if it did, Vince would have it number one. Yep. Uh, and I know that's not his number one based on something else that he hasn't mentioned yet. That has to be his number one. Um, someone shouted out Ryan Brown's God hates astronauts, which is an excellent choice that didn't, that did not, I did not think of that when we were talking about it, but that is a fantastic book and definitely deserves to be mentioned. Um, let's see. Uh, also, Trevor said Fusion from Eclipse was the bomb. Yep. Especially the spin-off Weasel Patrol. This is a, I don't know any of that.
1: Oh, they're great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, John said totally forgot about Spider-Ham. He's a big fan of all that. Um, he never read We 3, and he is surprised that the Turtles isn't getting more love in our little patron Slack chat. Um, then we have a discussion about Bone, which we already brought up. Um, about whether it counts or not, um, got a little love out there for Mignola's Rocket Raccoon, which is interesting. I mean, I like that miniseries. I don't know that I could conceivably argue it top five though. Right. Um, then there's mentions of Bugs Bunny, The Last Unicorn, Spider Ham, Gus from Saga. Yeah, Saga's one you could definitely try and shoehorn in there. I I wouldn't count it either because they're they're more humanoid than than animal. But but uh, to each his own. And then um, – oh, and then just uh, – we just got a comment from our buddy Kevin Quass who says he always falls back on Scrooge and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Um, and then uh, – yeah, so there you go. So he's he's all about the ducks just like Vince. Nice. And that's it. And uh, as I said, Mouse was my number one. So without further ado, David. Um
2: my number one was already mentioned and and Jason went into oh, great dang. detail uh Thanks. so my number one is Omaha the cat Ooh, dancer it's my man. um it's it's one of those things where um for me it's because it, it's it's more of a sentimental thing it it may not be the best story uh put to paper it may not um it may be a little um, crass or or naughty for some people but it's it's one of the i guess cuz I, I wasn't there for for bizarre sex or anything by our crumb it, it's you know that was my entry into wow there's some dirty shit going on in in, in my comic mm-hmm. books and and i um i just I have, I think, multiple printings of the first issue. It's, it's no first printing, sadly, but it's, yeah, it, it's another book where if I see it, I grab it. I, I, I haven't read every single issue. I haven't read the whole story that, that that's been published to date. But um, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it's one that's up. To, I mean, as as important as Turtles was to me way back when. Um, the other special place in in my heart um, in your pants and, and and my pants goes to uh <laughs> goes to Omaha cuz it's just there's just, it, it's something about you never forget your first it's just there's just something about um that the, the look of it the story it it's yeah I maybe mean, you could look at some of the art and and, and maybe state it it's it's basic but um
1: it's anything but
2: it, oh, it does right That's and, like and, saying and Milo
1: Minar is basic
2: and it's right yeah 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 and it's and it's it's you know it it doesn't Re, and Kate did not shy away from from anything in in that book it they they just it's they yeah they they are animals but you could absolutely similar to black sad but you could absolutely put real people in these situations and and it would still uh well, whether it's because it's it's animals and, and it may tug depending on, you know, your makeup. It, it may tug differently than it would if, you know, because, because people do this to themselves and yeah, it, it's, it's weird. It, you end up putting some, some mental baggage on it when you're reading some things, but it's, yeah, it, it's a story that could actually to, to some degree happen in, in real life to people. And, um, it doesn't, uh, just because they're they're animals, it, it doesn't make the story any easier to take. But it's it's um it's important to me, but it, it's absolutely um always going to be on a top five list and, and more often than not in in the top spot. But yeah, Omaha the Cat Dancer is one of my absolute favorite um funny animal comic books.
1: Sweet. I'm gonna surprise no one. <laughs> with my number one choice well, um, to be mentioned by
0: the way which is interesting
1: yes not only is it um my favorite funny animal comic it's one of my all-time favorite comics very few comics have impacted me to the degree as uh this written by Steve Gerber mm-hmm. illustrated by Gene Colan Howard the duck gerber taught me how to think he taught me how to question and uh look behind and try and pe- peer behind the veil of the the cover story that um the media and other outlets give us and uh he taught me how to be acerbic and and pissed off and <laughs> and try and and understand why certain people are afforded luxuries and certain people are not and all of this in a funny animal comic about a duck who finds himself marooned Mm -hmm. on planet earth and it's it's just an amazing accomplishment um and i I think it's it's the it's not only um i think it's more relevant now than ever but uh just absolutely stunning artwork by gene colon who he prior to his work on howard i would never have thought he could pull off a funny animal book Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just um, it's and it's one of the problems I have with the Spider-Man annual that David and I read. I cannot tolerate a depiction of Howard other than jeans, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. with with one exception, Michael Golden. Michael Michael Golden did a great um, Duck verse series within the Howard the Duck magazine. That's fine by me, but if it's Howard, it has to be illustrated by Gene Colan for me. More or Michael Golden, but <laughs> that, that's that's my one my one uh, loophole, and um, I guess I'll read my list of um, runners up, and like I said, it was painful to cut some of these things. Yeah, um, teenage mutant ninja turtles, adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters by Chin and Parsonovich is a monster work. Uh, the, the drawing, I, w- I, I say. That the illustration in Hamsters is better than the illustration in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, for various reasons. I have um, Chuck Fiala's Bullet Crow, Elephant Men, Zooniverse, Mark Martin's Nat Rat and Dare Rat, yeah. <laughs> Jim Woodring's Frank, uh, Kim Deitch's Waldo Comics, um, Fritz the Cat by Mr. Mm-hmm. Crumb. Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew by Scott Shaw, Boris the Bear. Uh, there's tons of, of comics that I just had to excise because it's 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 only five slots, right? Mm-hmm. I, wow! I, I you had
2: do well to remember that next time.
1: I, I had uh, to to pare down.
2: It wasn't were... easy getting lean. Mm. No, it, it wasn't. There, there. I I have I have three or four that because uh, Peter Porker and Spectacular Spider Ham was originally on my list, not because of the recent annual, just because that the the, the Steve Mellon art from from Goose Rider and, and that Marvel Tales T A I L S featuring I, I love the hell out of that one shot way back when. Um so that was that was on my list as I started to whittle things down. It just moved further off of the um which just goes to show you, you know, I mean for it to make for Captain Ginger to make the list and not Peter Parker just kinda tells you that Captain Ginger kind of just hit me right, but um, Dalgota so was on my list. Yes. Cap- oh my God! Why did I forget Dalgoda? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Adventures of Captain Jack. Shit. Uh, cutie Cutie Bunny. Shit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I, there were there were things that I, you know, but it, it's it's one of those things where what what can I actually talk about? And had we known. What what we were each going to say? I probably yeah, Black Sad would still have been on my list, even with Jason and Omaha definitely would have been. But I probably would have moved some things around and maybe massaged things to, to to wax on a couple of these items that that didn't make my top five. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's just there there are, but it, it, these are also items that you know the, the ones I'm rattling off are all from you know the '80s, and and that's just there was you can't
0: no love for can't. Bucky O'Hare.
2: Not for me, no, because I didn't, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't read that when it, when it came out. Um, It's good. There's, it, yeah, but it's. Uh, just an honorable yeah. mention. Yeah. Right. I mean, same thing with Destroy Your Duck. It's like sometimes there are things. God just, damn. You know, How could I have forgotten that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, but that's oh, yeah. the thing. When you do these impromptu in the moment things that I, I love it because then we realize like there's a bigger world. Yep. From the, 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 the here and now. And, you yeah, know, your yeah. mind doesn't travel down those roads as quickly as it used to. And David just jarred five things that should have been contenders on my list. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't. This I, I love it when it's like this because we could do this again next year. And yeah. I bet you right. more often well, than it, not, it's, it's, five it's, and four will be different.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to say it's surprising and probably disappointing to some listeners that, uh, that none of us even – not one of us had Usagi on our top 5. Yeah. It for me it's just an issue of I just there's no excuses haven't read a lot of Usagi. I just I Yeah. It's it's a it's I, just a white space for me.
2: Right. And and my my relationship or my association the only way the only I only know Usagi from the turtles. I've read virtually right. nothing as oh. far as any ongoing or or previous Usagi volumes.
1: I started with Usagi the first time it came out and I read I think uh, I believe it was fanographics right that did Usagi the original issues whatever yes. the whatever the case um I love Sakai's artwork mhm the stories yeah. I mean it, it I'm not going to say they're bad I I I I enjoyed it but it became It was, it was, there was a sameness to all of it Uh that, I mean, but the illustration is amazing and I, I, I can still go back and look at those original issues and I'm like, yeah, this is beautiful, but it's, it's, it's like, I mean, if you've read Lone Wolf and Cub, a lot of that Mm -hmm. type of storytelling is in Usagi and I'm not going to, you know, denigrate it. I think it's a great work. It just doesn't connect with me a lot. More mm-hmm. often than not, the art does. The stories eh, usually don't.
0: Yeah, another one that uh, I wouldn't have displaced any of my top five for, but I have to give a shout-out to because it has a big place in my heart because of my kids as Pet Avengers. Uh, my, my kids all love, loved those books as wee ones, and you know, we've, I've probably read the two collections I have of, of those comics from Marvel uh, 20 times to each to the kids over the years.
1: Sweet. Yeah. You're a good daddy.
0: Well, you know, Uh, you, I mean, as I recall, one of your daughters was a big fan of Aldi, right? Yes, yes. Nina, Nina. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Andy uh, autograph. Uh, we went to MoCA together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. And she she was all about, well, she thought he was cute. Mm
0: -hmm. And, and,
1: you know, the fact (laughs) that he was selling a book was secondary, but once she saw he had a book she wanted it and had to have it and he signed it to her and he she got all googly eyed at him uh, uh but then mm-hmm. next the year after we went back she made a point of going you know right to his table and so it stuck it stuck with her
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. i'm surprised nobody, no nobody one...
0: said monkey man and o'brien yeah mm-hmm. I, but wow that's
2: yeah no, no like, i don't consider your... it a funny animal
0: thank you yes yeah, oh, okay
1: yeah, uh, nobody had said gone, the little T-Rex that could. Oh, yeah. 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 Or um, the uh, Siberian Husky book. Um, what is the name of that book? Yeah, it's a dog, uh, obviously. I know what a husky is. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Dickhead. thanks. laughs> Yes, I think it's yeah. no, not Balto. It's um, oh, Balto is
2: a wolf story. Yeah, it's in the same oh,
1: okay. vein. Uh, I don't. I, don't I mean,
2: it's also Corgi from from. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Boom,
1: Corgi. He's a Corgi. He's not a husky. Oh, yes. no, no. So, uh, there you it go. A wordless,
2: I mean, it's cute. I, I I like Corgi. It's 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 a it's a wordless comic. It's the art is um, mm-hmm. almost like it's it's etched in in wood. In some cases, it's yeah. it's the
0: the line work is very. Um, kind of scratchy, but 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 I like it a lot. One yeah. that um, I'm not surprised that for none of us had that 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 the three of us didn't have it on list. But but uh, were we doing this episode back nine years ago when Neisman was still a part of this? I think his uh, his one or two would be uh, Grandville or Brian Talbot. He loves that book. Mm. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of it, but it is definitely on a lot of people's lists of this sort. So yep. Also, um, you know, uh, none of us mentioned any of the books by Jason, not by me, by by the yes. oh, right. single name Jason. But yeah. like, I killed Adolf Hitler. Werewolves of Montpellier. Um, Shh. What? That's the name of one of his books.
1: Shh.
0: Oh uh, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we, none of us mentioned Pogo.
1: Yeah. Well, going th- in compiling my list, I wanted to excise. The comic comic strips that made the jump to comic books where they would just, you know, stack a bunch of comic strips on a page and call it a comic book. Sure. And that was some of Pogo, so I I had to chop it.
0: Yeah. 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 But this was Uh, fun, wasn't it? It was fun. It was a great idea. Yeah, cool. Glad you liked
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Good job. Yeah, I think we should do these once a month, like a top five.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, I, I, I... yeah, I mean, as long as it's organic, I'm cool. It's fun, it's fun. Oh, it'll always be organic.
1: So oh, let's panic. <laughs> let's move on. and Talk about some comics.
0: Let's do it.
1: All right, what you got? Um,
0: well, let's see. Um, I, um, mentioned this in the um the eleven o'clock comics Facebook group. We do a little thing on the Facebook group uh, every week now called The Best Thing I Read This Week. Relatively self-explanatory what it is, but it's just a chance for people to talk about what they're loving because there's way too much negativity on the interwebs, and uh, we try and keep it on the upbeat. And uh, it's not necessarily something that it's and quite often not something that came out that week. It's just whatever we read that week that uh, that floats our boat. And um, um, for me, that my choice this week in that was um, a graphic novel that uh, um, I think uh, you all should uh, should give a whirl as well. Uh, sorry, I, I lost my uh, my notes. I was trying to find my notes, but um, but uh, where the hell is it? Are you <laughs> you, you, you go? Because I don't want to. I don't admit. Hold all on. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Hold on. I want to find my notes here. I
1: have something very, very different for this week. Okay. It's an anthology. hmm And it was published by Comics India in association with Studio Ecante. And it's, <laughs> it's called Verite. And uh, subtitled Comics for Adults. And, of course, Verite means what? Truth. So they are all slice-of-life stories, but the cool thing about this is it's a flip book, in a sense, where the back half is all manga, and the front half is all comics from India. And Weird. Oh, it's awesome. And in the center, the thing that separates both sections is a long essay by Ryan Holmberg, who you will remember was working with PictureBox on the Ten Cent manga series. Holmberg is an authority on manga and he does an essay called The Eye of the Storm, Speed Lines and Gekiga FX. Now for those of you who don't know what Gekiga is, manga in Japanese means whimsical drawings. Gekiga means dramatic pictures. So Gekiga was the more mature um sequential art where manga was considered for the kiddies um flights of fancy just uh less intellectual um works so what we get here in the back matter and it's an anthology so I'm not going to go through every story in here I'll pick one from the manga and one from the the uh Indian side it starts off on the manga with uh the old woman of kinakoya by tadao suge This story is amazing and I'm surprised that I liked it because it's just about human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes to show you that even in the hands of a very talented, uh, mangaka that I would vibe on a story just about people. It's, it's centered around this guy moves out of his flat and into a new, uh, residence and near, his uh his residence is a candy store uh called Sweets Kinakoya. And what they sold there was Kinako sweets, which are soybean flour made sweets. And uh he talks to, you know, his landlady and she's like, Yeah, um there's terrible, terrible, unpleasant business going on with this this uh kinakoya sweet thing. Um the old man who fashioned his, his sweets it was quite popular at one time, but he handed it off to his son, and then, in the more populated area of the city, a sweet shop opened, so everybody went there, and they disregarded this little mom-and-pop um, candy store. Um, the, the husband, or the, the son, to whom the business was left, got killed in a car accident and the the wife they had a child a young girl the the wife eloped with a younger man and really discarded the child and her grandmother and now the child and the grandmother live in the sweet shop and the little girl gets up every morning before going to school she opens the shop she gets everything ready for her grandmother and she goes to school and the grandmother the old woman of kinakoya in the title sits in front of this candy shop every day and she has this exp- expression on her face that the uh, the transplanted man can't really discern sometimes it looks like anger sometimes it looks like happiness uh or or uh you know she's pissed off at something and he he walks he thinks he walks by her and he thinks like maybe she's asleep that she's not looking at him that's how scrunched up her face is and she, you know she strikes up a conversation with him um and she's not as stern as her facial appearance would let on so over the course of the story he he basically um ushers a, in a, a friendship with this old woman and the woman she dies at her post in front of the candy store she's kneeling uh, on this little crate type thing and they find her dead and the granddaughter er, er, is just like heartbroken but the her mother wants nothing to do with her and the story just proceeds from there and it's it's a kind of heartbreaking story but it'll I think it'll touch it touched me even the most like inured person to this kind of stuff Um, it it's it's basically a, a human human story. And the girl the is rendered, the little girl is rendered with completely black eyes. Now, you know, you can read into that what you will, but I thought it was a, a magnificent tale. And mm. I, I really enjoyed it. And on the um on the Indian side, there's a story called Research Rambling. Now I am gonna butcher the hell out of this name. Story and art by, uh, the last name is Sam Plitzar. Okay. And it's a very cartoony tale about a man who works at a university. He's a teacher and he teaches animation. And that's all he wants to do is, is, is make animations. And the head of the university, who's drawn like a cobra, a literal, a cobra, an anthropomorphic. Mm, nice. An anthropomorphic cobra says, you know, you assholes, you got to stop worrying about, you know, teaching and you got to get published. We need you to get published. That is your that's your ticket. Do your thesis, get published, and then everything will be okay. What he's saying is you need to generate more uh, prestige for our university. The more prestige our university has, the more enrollments we'll have. So you got to get on this now. Forget about all this artistic bullshit do do your research, get published, and the guy's like he's crestfallen because all he wants to do is draw. He just wants to make animations, and and there's one panel where the uh, the head of the university is coiled around this guy, and um, it, it's I mean it's very very symbolic, right? So the guy begrudgingly goes tries to formulate a, a paper on on animation, and um, he meets an old friend uh who was also uh, a painter and he says hey man i haven't seen you in a long time what what are you doing he's like well you know i'm 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 selling flowers but i paint for 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 joy like this is just my my job this is what i do i just sell these flowers here in the, in the street but what i do you know to get these to, to get joy out of life is i paint i love to paint and and the the animator's like, oh yeah, that, that's cool. So so what do you do? He said, well, I'm I'm currently um, trying to get published. I'm, I'm writing a paper. And the painter said, well, oh, um, so if I if I do research for your paper and I contribute, like, what do I get? And the animator says, well, you get a little tiny um, courtesy line at the you know the bottom of the. The, the credits and, and the painter says the fuck you're not paying people you you, th- you know and in a sense the animator is getting as corrupt and and narrow-minded as the university for which he's working and it ends on a note where the um the animator just just walks away after the incident and he y- you don't know whether he realized that he was being as um uh, that the promise of exposure that, you know, mm-hmm. they dangle over artists in order to get them to c- contribute to things. You don't know whether he buys into that or he, or he realizes that he's on the wrong road and he totally, you know, disregards that approach. And it, it's just an amazing story about how the promise of, you know, monetary gain or, um, I don't want to say fame because I don't think he get famous from, from publishing a, a research paper, but just, how people's thoughts are changed based on monetary or, or, or fame, monetary, monetary game or, or fame. It was just an amazing story. And I, I devoured this entire anthology. Because it's an anthology, some stories are obviously more successful than others. But on, on a whole, I thought it was wonderful. The Holmberg essay taught me things that I had not known. Um, and if you'd like to buy this, I got it from the Wig Shop Web Shop, and that's the URL, www.wigshopwebshop.com. It's about 280 pages, um, newsprint, and I think it'll run you 20 bucks, I believe. Uh, here it is. It will run you $20, and it's well well worth every penny nice yeah so something off the beaten track yeah path i wanted to bring comics
0: are definitely not something we talk about real
1: Uh, and some of them are are so it's like that line in purple rain where prince's father's chastising him because the only people that understand your songs is you you know there's there's a couple strips (laughs) that are so so um Hard, it's hard to pierce the veil of what exactly is going on here. You Everything mean the cultural it, veil. No, it's there. It's it's very symbolic. Where the oh. the imagery can mean anything based on, you know, the person uh, viewing it. But I mean, it, it obviously means something to the person that created it. I just mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. what, because there's it's they're so abstract that I I can't discern exactly what. This person is saying there's there's mm-hmm. no text or dialogue, so uh, the the actual meaning behind these things is is entirely subjective, but that's cool. I like that, but on the manga side they're all tech i mean there's all dialogue and text in them, so there's no no uh wiggle room as to what exactly is happening but I love this thing i'm definitely going to be on board for issue number two once it comes out uh, again it's called Verite. Indian and Japanese comics. Beautiful, beautiful book.
0: That's nice. Awesome. Nice. Um, okay. Thank you for, and also for, uh, in, 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 the midst of that beautiful review, I, uh, I did find my notes. Um, and, and the book I'm going to talk about is from Nobrow, And I got to tell you, people be prepared to get sick of me talking about no brow in the next few weeks, because I have been on a no brow, uh, binge and, uh, Every book is better than the next. But uh, the first one I want to mention, because it was the best thing I read last week, is uh, Through a Life. It's a 184-page uh, hardcover novel, again, from No Brow, um, written and drawn. And apologies to Tom if I get your name wrong, but it's uh, Tom, I believe, Haugomat, H-A-U-G-O-M-A-T. Um, this book is uh right in line with the things that have been floating my boat the most lately it is uh a slice of life book it is a silent book purely visual um and it's it's masterful in its simplicity and what i mean by that is um this is a book that is basically one panel or one image per page. And, but what they do is it's, it's, it's a story of a guy named Rodney and um, Rodney. It's, it's a look at his life. It starts off at his birth and he lives in Alaska with his parents. And um, although the book isn't purely about two pages per year, essentially um Each turn of the page, so you have two two images on the left and the right side basically it 's roughly equivalent to one year of his life with each set of images uh, so it goes from his birth through his his life uh all the way to the end of his life and um Rodney lives in alaska he 's obsessed as a young child with uh, space there 's uh scenes of him watching Star Trek and watching um, UFO movies, Close Encounters, that sort of thing, reading uh, reading science fiction. And Rodney ends up um, excelling academically and, and goes to become an astronaut. And he becomes an astronaut. Um, and that's all going quite well. He falls in love, gets married, has his own family. Uh, and then the Challenger disaster happens. And it changes his life irrevocably. He he goes into a depression. um, Never quite recovers from it. It breaks up his marriage. He retires from being an astronaut from NASA. It goes on to uh, goes back home to tend to his sick parents. They pass away. He ends up uh, living somewhat of a reclusive, solitary life, um, living in his childhood home back in Alaska. It's circle of life. Um, But the thing about this again is this book is like, if if there was a, such a thing as a book that was based on Feng Shui, it would be this book. Um, like Everything is so meticulous in the sense that, like I said, on any two pages, you're looking at one snapshot of his life, but it's literally that. On the left-hand side, the image is of that moment. So it might be, like I said, him sitting as a boy in front of a TV, or it may be him sitting in bed looking lovingly at his um, bride to be um, showering, you know, nude in the shower because he finds her so attractive or him going up in, in the space shuttle. Right. It's so each of the, so each of the, on the left hand pages is, is one of those seminal moments of his life. But then on the, on the subsequent page on the right hand side is another image that is from his eyes. So it's what he sees so it's like a third person overhead or, or outside perspective on the left of what's happening. And then it's what he sees. And sometimes what he sees could be just another view of that same thing. Or it could be an, an object or an image or a photo or a book. But it's, it's the thing that most encapsulates his, his own, what goes on in his head during that period of time. Um, and it just page after page is that, again, chronicling through his life. Um, and the the artistic style is different as well. It's a simple illustration style. It really relies more or as much on graphic design and color theory and composition than it does the uh, detailed line work that we often talk about when we praise graphic novels. Um, it's not like die cut per se, but it's not too far off. I mean, um, for example, no no one in the book ever has facial features. Um, they're just... Uh, heads, right? Like, like, like beige heads, you know, or, or yellow heads or, or white heads, depending on, on the character and image. But, uh, but it's, it's incredibly powerful and, and to see it unfold in that way with no words, I think it's, it's masterful to be able to pull that off to, to be able to give you the feels without any dialogue. And, uh, and this book does it. So uh, I just fully, fully endorse this, um, uh it's it's you can find it on nobrow site directly, you can find it through Amazon. Um, but the book is called Through a Life by Tom Haugelmat, and it's uh as I said, it's the first of several nobrow books that I just thought were incredible that uh that I've gotten to experience in the last few weeks. Sounds great. It is yeah. incredible. Yeah. It it just cause like the it's it's it, it's not like Chris Ware, like the imagery doesn't look at all like Chris Ware but, uh, or, or, um, or like Mazzucchelli with, uh, with, um, uh, (laughs) Stereus Pala. Thank you. Stereos Pala. But it's, it's of that ilk where, where the book is as much praiseworthy because of the structure of, of the craft of how he made the book as it is the story. If you follow. Yes. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, you know, more and more I'm, um, Adding OGNs to my order has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with you, but <laughs> nothing at all. I, I, it's a trend. It's a trend in all three of us. I think.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. I I, I think my eleven o'clock my eleven o'clock is going to be heavily graphic novel laden this year.
1: Nothing at all wrong with that.
0: Yep.
2: Yep. What, what else up, that? that? Um, I wanted to um. I was going through some issues that, you know, as I'm trying to uh, catalog things and see what I can put away and set aside, um, I decided to read a recent crossover uh, called The Terminus a- Agenda, um, which is a crossover between Deathstroke and Teen Titans. And what's weird is that I think the best part about this event was the creators getting me to. I mean, I'm already getting deathstroke, but in, in this particular case, um, for getting me, for, for Glass of Chang, for getting me to check out the following issue of uh, Teen Titans post Terminus Agenda event. And Terminus Agenda is basically. Um, it it's it's reminding us that Damien is a dick and that um <laughs> he has a stick in his ass when it comes to Deathstroke and and how he just has to take down Slade for whatever reason. Um and and the reasons have been going on in, in the Deathstroke book. Um But and this also clued me, and, and I'm not. I'm not currently reading. I wasn't reading Teen Titans, the, the the current lineup, the current duration of of Teen Titans prior to this event. Um, the Teen Titans in this particular title consists of Robin, who's Damian, Kid Flash, um, Jin, Crush, who may be Lobo's daughter. Uh, this Wait, dude Roundhouse. It's like it's, it's up and I mean. It's up for debate. It. It was until the recent issue. Like, like she she believes she is, but Lobo right. doesn't think he has it. Oh, okay, okay. Um And uh Red Arrow. I think that's all of them. Um And it turns out that they're really... They're, they're, they're big bad, at least as far as what I can tell, is someone known as The Other. And I have no idea who The Other is. However... Damien and Robin and Red Arrow have taken it upon themselves to keep a secret from the rest of the team. And that is that they have built a prison under their headquarters and they are holding the enemies they take out in this prison.
0: So it's like the Flash TV show.
2: Kind of. But... In this case, Damien's a dick, so it's wrong. So you have, um, but also it's not. They're also not being secretive about it. I mean, Wally and and the rest of Star Labs, you know, they're they're doing it for you know for reasons, and and you know, it's because there isn't there. There's nowhere else really for for, for them to keep um, these guys. They're trying to help them, whereas Robin and Red Arrow um, just feel that these Black Mask and Gizmo and swerve um and brother blood would just kill more people were they to go free and and robin makes the case that you know whether they go to arkham or iron heights or wherever they always get out and and they never stay and at least you know we're keeping an eye on them and and we're using them to get information on the other and and that's that's the end game that that's their goal um so Until the Terminus Agenda, the rest of the team didn't know that this was happening. And, um, Deathstroke gets captured by Robin and he, um, he gets put in this prison and, and he, he does escape, but he, he breaks free, but he doesn't leave the compound. And when, um, when that happens, um, we get a. Uh, Slade ends up finding out more information about the terminus agenda, and, and he realizes that you know Robin has been lying, or keeping secrets from the rest of the team. So Kid Flash finds this prison, and he gets in Robin and Red Arrow's face. Um, the inmates break free, but Robin. But they can't leave if, if, because there is a there's basically they all have a virus now. there's the um, the oxygen in the prison. Um, there's They've been breathing in a toxin, and if they leave the compound, they they will die. So uh, the team gets everybody back into their their cells, and Robin is still facing death stroke. And as he's as as they're arguing, because it's you know Deathstroke th- thinks that, you know, Robin has has daddy issues and, and that, you know, his it Slade is basically the the um the stand-in for whatever Damien's issues are with Bruce. And mm. but but Slade is under the impression now that it's not it's not it's not dad that um that is uh, his influence, or causing him to do this, because this whole thing with the toxins and and poisoning your prisoners—that's that's a play that, that's straight out of Racist Playbook. So you're basically taking after your mother, and and that's so so whatever whatever bullshit your mother has been feeding you your entire life, whatever whatever, mommy dearest has done to you, um, that's starting to to come through, and that's for whatever it, it's even though. Robin is more like Deathstroke than he is Batman. Um, we can kind of thank his mom for that. So as they're having this little conversation, an arrow goes through Deathstroke's empty eye socket and out through his brain. So the event ends with Deathstroke dead. And the following issue in Deathstroke is basically a um, elegy. It's 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 a little bit of a service where a bunch of other villains get together, which was all a setup. Um, so that so uh, I, I breezed through terminus agenda because that that wasn't it was you know I'm I'm a sucker for Deathstroke Titans face off and and so you, you have my money regardless of how corny or how silly the end of it is. Um, but the rest in peace issue of, of Deathstroke was extremely interesting, uh, because you had a bunch of villains and, and bad guys showing up to pay their respects and the Legion of Dune appears, uh, Gorilla Grodd with a baby on his chest and Sinestro and Brainiac. Um, and Jericho is upset. That dad is dead, and it turns out Jericho's hot headedness got him into some trouble and and he actually was able to uh take control of Sinestro's ring ever so briefly because he because of his emotions and and uh and that they were because of what's been going on in his life and because of dad uh they were a little stronger than than Sinestro's um power over his ring so the deathstroke issue was cool and all but the reason why i needed to read um issue 31 of the teen titans at the end of the terminus agenda and the rest of the team finds out that robin and red arrow were keeping prisoners and Roundhouse, who's basically best friends with Wally, he's pissed off because Kid Flash knew like two days ago, and and Roundhouse is pissed off that you know his friend kept this information from him, but he's been trying to figure out a way to tell him without. Be, so it is, there's just all this all this drama and 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 a turmoil between the teammates. Uh, so right before, they during this argument that everybody's having, and and why this is wrong, and 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 you know. Robin's dick, and and I can't believe, you know, we're treating people like this, and we're no better, blah, blah, blah. While they're all arguing about this, who but Lobo shows up to beat the shit out of Crush? Like, okay, so we have no resolution with the Terminus agenda, but now you have this cliffhanger where here's Lobo. I got to find out where we go from here. And so I read 31, and that was... um you know, Lobo shows up in the Bronx and he uh he ends up uh because there was a bounty on an alien, basically like straight out of men in black. Um there was a uh there was a bounty on the dude running the bodega. Uh so Lobo took care of him and while he's uh taking care of everything, he gets a call that um that there's going to be a um uh, this is another contract. I've have, I've have, I have someone else um, who I I need you to go after um, the Teen Titans and, and Lobos not down with that, but he says you know there's there's someone on the team who might be of interest. Uh, she goes by the name of Crush and she believes herself to be your daughter. And, and Lobos like well, I ain't got no kids um that that I haven't already killed, but uh, this guy this person triples Lobo's fee. And that's really all it takes for him to, um, to go after crush. And, and he says, listen, so what do I call you? And, and he says, you may address me as the other. So this ties into their whole underlying threat. Uh, so it's 31 is basically just a big fight between crush and Lobo. And it turns out that, um, she may very well be it, it as far as this page I was reading is concerned. Um, Lobo says, I'll be damned. You you are one of mine. So uh, he's beating the crap out of her. Uh, Her teammates try to save her. Doesn't really go all that well. Um, And the last page is, um, is kid flash running to uh, carrying crush, uh, running with her to to safety so they can uh, form a game plan, but she doesn't look too good on this last page, but, um, yeah, the, this, this, this 2 part of daddy issues, um, I found to be quite fun. The Terminus agenda was, was cool and all, but it just, it it's, it was really just a, a continuation of whatever crap Damien and and Slater are, are trying to work out. But, um, yeah, and even, even Chang's work on, on the Teen Titans book, I wasn't, um, it's not super clean, but it but but it works. I I, I dig his version. I, I you know, I wrote Crush off when it was character was first announced, and you know I I didn't. But seeing her uh, interact with the team was pretty cool. I again I don't know anything about the I don't know anything about Red Arrow. Don't know anything about Crush other than these few issues. Um, don't know anything about Jin, who's basically a thousand year old genie um who Crush really, really likes and um Brownhouse, I, I have no idea what hell that is. But yeah, um so I was happy to catch up, but uh you know, kudos to, to the creators to um get me to continue reading after uh after the event, which is really all I signed up for. But um they they, they kinda hooked me. So I appreciate that.
1: Nice. Well, we teased it at the beginning of the episode, and I think we should drop a little bit of words on this Spider-Man Annual Number 1. Let's do it. Written by Jason Latour, with art by David LaFuente and Jason Latour. I'm just going to keep it brief. I thought it looked really good. LaFuente's art is solid as hell. Latour's art is spectacular as usual story wise. I got nothing it 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 was fun, I guess, but the art was the the primary reason why I checked it out and uh it didn't disappoint Lafuente's a monster. Latour is one of the best in the business. I thought his story was was very great. Um the story was it was it was all right. uh it was unspectacular. I it was exactly what I expected it to be. That okay. is that praise, I don't know, but <laughs> uh the the, inter, the exchange between Spider-Ham and Howard was was fun how he he dropped the the movie um, into the conversation was, you know, it was, it was cute. But um, weight-wise, I think, um, if you could see my hands, the art's like way up here, and the story was, you know, about 10 notches below it.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I, I loved um, La Fuente's version of uh, J. Jonah Jackal. Um, that reminded me of, of the old Marvel Tales stories um yeah i i it it was and i I love the um the Mezichelli homage on the credits page uh, it was um it starts off pretty cool, it just kind of it it loses me a bit as the story as the main story continues the backstory was okay, um the art was better there um i i no. the art was fantastic on the main story i um the art was better for both stories than i think the stories themselves were but yeah i um it's weird i I have some sort of expectations when it comes to to spider ham it doesn't not that they're super high or anything but i guess i just kind of expect something going in and, and it kind of um missed the mark a bit for me
1: well, from what I can remember of the old Marvel Tales, T-A-I-L-S, I was actually tired after I read an issue because the narrative was joke, 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 you know, interspersed with story beats. And I think that's where Jason fails with Deadpool when it's all jokes and jokes and jokes and very little narrative Absolutely on which to glom. And that's how this was to me, like – I, I feel like the the Latour story, the, the second one that he illustrated, was all just a ploy to get Spider Ham and Howard in the same room. Which I mean there's all this the shit going on outside the bar and the Fantastic Four are there and everybody's beating the crap out of each other and you have Spider Ham and Howard sitting in a bar talking about yeah, you know, people always bring up that movie, but it never goes away, you know. And, and it was cute, but um I would I would like to own one of these pages, but I have no fondness for very little fondness for the stories detailed on these pages. I guess that's the best way to say it. Mm. It it was okay, but it looks phenomenal. Yes, I yeah. agree with us. Yeah. All right. If we have nothing else, do you want to just back the good ship EOC into the the dry dock?
2: We
1: Back that ass up. All right. Hey, everybody. This episode, as usual, has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, y'all, dcbservice.com, where you get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to the front of your domicile. It takes zero effort. If you can push down a key on a keyboard or click a mouse, it's that simple. You go on there, you look at all the things that are offered this month, you click on them, you add them to your order, and you're done. You don't have to leave the comfort of your little well-worn computer chair, or your tablet, or your smartphone. DCBService.com, it's the best way to do it. In your travels, I have two things. Number one, fans of Gary Panter. I want to make you aware that the master has a new record out. Yep, it's called Fog Window. And it's with um, Devin and Gary and Ross, and it is masterful. It's a two-album vinyl set. Uh, if you get it from Feeding Tube Records, they have two options available to you. You can get the double record set for I think like thirty some bucks, and you can get the or you can get the double record set and a seven-inch for like forty bucks, and it's littered not only with on the vinyl itself with Gary Panter sounds and vocals and instrumentation, the record, the Gatefold album is just plastered with Gary Panter artwork. And there's a newspaper inside that has lyrics on it and it's all Gary Panther art. So if you're a fan of Gary Panther, get to Feeding Tube Records and pick this up. I did, got it today. Have, I've been playing it ever since I got home. <coughs> It's great. It's it what does it sound like, you may ask? It sounds like three guys um, clawing their way out of a psychic prison of conformity. This stuff is psychedelic, off the wall, tons of reverb, spoken word passages, it's amazing. There's a song about well not a song. There's a piece of music about Bigfoot. It's amazing. Just fog window, feeding two records, go get it. That said. <laughs> We talked about Dark Knight's Metal way back. And there were some questions from me. Like the the actual various incarnations of Batman from all these different worlds or Earths. I don't think they were properly fleshed out within the Dark Knight's Metal miniseries. And that's because there was a series of tie-in one-shots that went along with the Dark Knight's Metal. Now, you can call it a shortcoming from the creative team of Metal, which was Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, maybe, or you can just call it a merchandising ploy to get you to buy more comics. But I've read, or I'm halfway through, Dark Knight's Metal, Dark Knight's Rising, which details how all of these various evil Batman came to be. And if I knew this, what I've learned so far from this trade paperback going into metal, metal would have been even better for me. Because, I mean, look at the, the creative team on this thing. Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison, James the IV, Joshua Williamson, Frank Terry, Sam Humphreys, Dan Abnett, and Peter J. Tomasi on writing. Carmine D... Gian Nomenico, Ricardo Federici, Ethan well Ethan Van Schuyler, uh Philip Tan, Tyler Kirkman, Francis Manipool Tony Daniel, Danny Mickey, Riley Rosmo, uh, Howard Porter, Jorge Jimenez, Doug Mankey, and Jaime Mendoza on art like this trade paperback is beautiful number one. But as I I've said I've read Does half. Does each of,
0: artist do like a page and a half? I mean
1: no. There's nine issues in this thing you get a one shot for uh the batman who laughs the red death um
0: oh i i read actually two uh two or three of those issues yeah the
1: drowned okay. hated them. the <laughs> what you say
0: I, I i i announced with you now that i know what you're talking i hated those issues passion it felt like the money grab, like we were talking about with Marvel. Like, it yeah. felt like.
1: But I think this is crucial information to reading metal. Like, why didn't we know this? The the Batman Red Death from Earth 52.
0: That's the Flash one, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Where he, Bruce tries to steal the Speed Force away from, from Barry. Because Bruce is getting old. He can't go on patrol the way he used to he's he's getting getting slow getting he's getting tired more often so he tries to steal the speed force from from barry um the bat family's dead damian dick jason all dead and um batman takes the rogue's weaponry and goes after barry he's got captain cold's goggles and his gun he's got you know mirror master's tricks and he, he eventually gets Barry, throws him on the hood of the Batmobile, and in, a, in a, an attempt to steal the speed force away from Barry, he eventually amalgamates with Barry. The, this red death character is both Bruce and Barry. That's awesome! There's two people in this body, and whenever Bruce is monologuing, Barry's like, stop, don't. Don't do that. Like, there's two minds in this one body. That's friggin' cool. And I wish I knew that going into metal. And then you know it, it goes on from there. Like the um, the the cyborg uh, Dark Knight. He Alfred the the Bane and company kill Alfred. They just Earth forty four. They kill out like Bane's beating the shit out of him, breaks his back, um, and Bruce's. Crestfallen because his father figure's dead, and he goes to, to Cyborg. He's like, "You need to make me an AI. I need my, I need my dad back. I need Alfred back. Make me an artificial intelligence based on Alfred's thought patterns." And Cyborg's like, "I don't, know, I don't think that's a real good idea. You know, th- that's just weird." And so Bruce does what Bruce does, and and forces him to do it, and eventually kills him. And it's just. The, like the 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 pathos and the I needed to read this going into metal. I this would have been very valuable information for me to even enjoy that miniseries even more. But now I can go back and reread it and maybe get something else out of it, knowing all this stuff that's in this Dark Knight's Rising trade paperback. But so far, halfway through, I'm loving it. I don't know what issues what issues you had with it, but I I think these stories are great.
0: Well, as a friendly reminder, uh, let's remember that our views of metal itself were diametrically different.
1: Sure, exactly. I kind of loved it. You guys didn't think it was the cat's ass. Yes, but
0: thought it was
2: ass, but it wasn't cat's ass. Mm,
0: I
1: see. I I gave you that one. That was a maybe like a baboon's ass, more like. But (laughs) I like it a lot. And and this just eng- like
0: the very notion of going back and rereading metal just boggles my mind. Like <laughs> I just, I know, there are I'm tens of thousands of comics you get to read, and you are going to reread that. But, but hey, man, to each his own. You do you. That's a nut- both
1: of those things that you just said are a nice way of saying you are fucking stupid. But you know, go ahead, do it. <laughs> no, you
0: are crazy. I,
1: just, I am. I am crazy. I am crazy about the stuff that I that I really like, and I really liked metal.
2: And that's then. Then that you you. is the most important thing.
1: That's right. Yeah, I liked Last Night on Earth a lot, too, the first issue. I thought that was wonderful. But cool. what if?
2: Take it away. It's, it's, it's easier. Good to enjoy Batman. Uh, I'm just going to make it short. Um, because the second of two issues... I, I caught up on Action Comics um, since... Uh, Event Leviathan had started and um, 1011 leads into the special um, which we all enjoyed the um, and it ended with this issue was um, Lois finding out um, what Spiral knew and um, everything leading up to what what's what's going on uh issue ten thousand twelve um i i kind of dug the story because it it continues this uh the invisible mafia storyline that started with um with one thousand one uh unfortunately um the uh the art wasn't um what i've been enjoying with action comics recently it, it's the uh the artist by um zyman Kadransky and there are hey, some be uh, honest
1: say it say it the art sucks
2: there are some very like when people are in the shadows like the mafia pages i think are pretty cool because of the mood oh and, he's and real you know, good at shadows
1: because right. he doesn't have to draw exactly yeah so
2: i enjoyed those pages uh, they're they're in the bloodlined you know tube and and because they, they want to make sure and, and they're adding that you know they someone slips and almost says the word superman but that gets nipped in the bud but then um they catch that uh superman has been ping pong all over the world because of this lies and stuff um he was uh in london then bloodhaven back to bermuda triangle and by the way someone should tell the boss that um those words need to be added to the list of words. We do not say both Bermuda and Triangle. So, so, you know, Bendis is still playing with that, you know, words that shouldn't be said because he could be listening and, I dug that part of the story, but then, you know, we get Lois and, and, and Cal waking up in the fortress of solitude. And, um, I just, I don't know what the hell was going on with Superman's face from one panel to the next. And, um, lowest i i just i i don't want to beat up on anybody but it, it it is not it it's it's not a pretty issue and this and the best thing all well, aside from the invisible mafia stuff but this has been um playing with uh characters and 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 bring not not really bringing them back that they haven't really gone anywhere but but it bringing characters into the story into action comics that you know you may not have thought about recently I mean and everybody always likes the question so I mean he was in a couple issues back Um, they've mentioned Jack Ryder but in this issue um, Miss Robinson Good has a pretty nice conversation lengthy conversation with Rose and with Thorne and um, I haven't seen that character in ages um, and not necessarily maybe a character that you know, anybody but anybody's been wanting to see, but it's it's like you know you read an X Men comic and all of a sudden you know someone brings back Guido. It's like okay, that's cool. I haven't seen him in a while, but um, I just it it I've I've had no problem whatsoever with dropping titles um for any reason, especially if if the art isn't grabbing me. But this there, there's there's a hold on me with, with Bendis and with action right now, because if I'm not dropping it and it looks like this, then, then the story has to be doing something for me. And and I'm, I'm guessing it is. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time beating up on this. It's, it's continuing the invisible mafia story, which is cool. And, um, that's what I enjoyed about it. So, um, in Your Travels, Action Comics. I'm enjoying it. I, I know a couple people are, but it's uh, based on what I've read the past week and what we talked about last night, and um, I think I do a lot of reading today. That's on my list. of something positive I can talk about.
1: You know, to date, nothing has convinced me more that you're really grooving on what Bendis is doing with Superman more than the fact that you refuse to drop action after he who shall not be named is on the art. I know. I know. So, that's I mean a, that, and that's who it's going to be from now on. I'm never going to say his name again. That's fine. He, that's fine. he, he who like shall Voldemort not, of comics. he, I, yeah, he's the worst thing to happen to comics. When I saw, he, he almost,
2: Oh,
0: I mean,
2: no, him, When I saw the name in the DC previews a couple months ago, I was like, seriously, no. Yeah. God, because, and, and he's why I'm not reading Punisher. Yep. And
1: like, I Yeah, ugh. I just I just it, it is it is acid mixed with salt in my eyes and I just I just don't I won't I won't pay for it. I was ready to jump on both Superman and Action and I'm getting Superman because of the Legion connections that are coming up and I I thought I'd do David a solid by getting action so we can at least you know uh, so commingle and I, I can't I can't do it.
2: Part of me part of me just wants to say, you know what, I'll just I won't get these. Hopefully, I'll find them in 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 the cheapy bin, either at New York or next year at Heroes, and you know, and I'll so I'll I'll at least be able to keep them in my collection, as you know, on on the cheap. But I don't I don't want to risk not. Yeah. Well,
1: that's the I'm love. Rich- you love it. it. I
0: know. I know. I
1: know. That's cool. Keep going on.
0: <laughs> what you got, Jason? <laughs> um, in your travels take a look at um, another graphic novel, this time published by Drawn and Quarterly. It's called Hot Comb. Oh, yes. And uh, it's written by ebony... Flo- well, sorry I should say it's written and drawn by ebony flowers, which I'm quite sure is a nom de plume. Um, but um, this is a book that... Uh, I'm a big believer in uh, experiencing... Other people's, like in books that can let you get a glimpse of other people's lives in a way that uh, you know you just couldn't uh, just reading about it, and that's what this book is. Um, Hot comb is Ebony Flowers' look at her own life as well as the life of other women in her in her circle of influence, um, um, dealing with. Essentially, it centers around uh, black women's hair. I mean, it's basically what it's. It's a book about black women's hair Um, and using those experiences as the cultural touchstones of what it's like to be a black woman in America. Um, And they're vignettes. Some are funny. Some are sad. Some are poignant. But uh, they all revolve around the complexities for black women of their hair ranging from at one point, she tells a story about how she had very curly by her own words, nappy hair. But then she talks about the first time she gets it straightened and how excited she is. But then when she shows up to school, all her black friends just rip her apart for having straight hair. And then one time she's at a pool and she's at a pool with mostly white girls. And like her straight hair is straight when she jumps in and when, because it gets wet, it gets, it gets nappy and curly and, Frizzy, and then all the white girls love it and they like want to touch it, and how awkward that was. And then there's a vignette where um, a girl discovers her mom's wigs and she puts on a wig, and then like her mom loses her mind over that. And uh, a time when an aunt teaches her daughter, uh, not her, an aunt teaches her niece about um, what it's like to get extensions and how to do it right. And um, it seems like a really silly thing, like a whole book about hair, but. But again, the masterful thing here is that it's um, using that and the importance of that culturally on illustrating the different facets of being a black woman in modern society. And I thought it was incredibly charming and illuminating. I mean, as 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 a, a white dude who loves black culture, um, this book taught me a lot. I you know, i thought it was pretty part of the term woke about a lot of things, but I didn't know a lot of these things and um, I feel better for it to have, to have seen it from um, a black woman's eyes directly. So it's pretty cool stuff. Um, I don't know if the subject matter would be up your alley per se, Vince, but I think you would love the art. It's really raw. I mean, Ebony flowers um, by her own admission is a major acolyte and was inspired by Linda Barry.
1: Oh, nice. so ding. So,
0: yeah. So I think visually, if, if those of you that are familiar with Linda Barry's work, you kind of get a little bit of an idea of what it's going to look like, but that's, it's even rawer than that. I mean, it's basically ballpoint pen, single line, uh, drawings on pages of people talking with work balloons. Um, but it, it does the trick here because it still has the emotion and has the humor, um, And then interstitially between the chapters, she does very detailed ads that, from my understanding, are parodies and send-ups of what would have then been fairly typical ads for black hair care products at different points of her life. So 70s, 80s, modern, that type of thing. But uh, yeah, just one of those books that probably seems like a strange thing for me to have pre-ordered, but I just... uh, I don't know, it just piqued my interest, and I'm glad I did, so um, maybe you will too. It um, It's certainly getting, it's going around the critical circuit. Last night's episode, we talked a lot about the Comics Journal and the, the snobbiness of, or at least for a long time, the snobbiness and elitism of that. This is a book that the Comics Journal loves, but I think it's right for them to love it type of thing. So, uh, yeah, Hot Comb. Uh, it's twenty one ninety five, by the way. For those, it's twenty one ninety five cover price. So, I think in stock trades probably set you back. I think it's thirty five percent off for D and Q books. So, what would that be like sixteen bucks?
1: In the yeah. zone, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds, it sounds interesting. You, yeah, you know, it is. I mean, the, the fact the that art, you, said, love the art. Again, you said yeah, you said Linda Barry, so yeah, you know, yeah. I'm in. Yeah,
0: nice. And this is her debut graphic novel i should also mention so we can grow with her indeed
1: cool hey everybody thank you for being here with us this time around uh it's going to be a stretch to get one more maybe like mm-hmm. four days five days whatever um mm-hmm. but don't worry we'll be back we'll be waiting for you because we love you so much in the meantime check us out on the book of faces and the twitters and the instagram And the Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Do what we always do and say good night. Read Dark Nights Metal. It's so good. You will love it. David. (sighs) (laughs) No, you got to say what I said.
2: The hell I am. You gotta say it. <laughs> never gonna be <laughs> no Dark Knight's Metal. How often do so I good. do the whole deep Badi- Badi- You Badi- G- G- D- Got it.
1: See, you're ruining it. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal.
2: It's so good. Read it. Boom, boom, boom. I did. I, 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 oh, I, you I, said it? After. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. When you were saying, I got it, I got it. Yeah, no. That's... Uh, my
1: calculations are off. I don't know. You, pre- I'll give it to you. You probably did well. But oh, I thanks. was too into the moment.
2: I was, I was. Well,
1: you know, hey, man, you're all in that metal kick. Scatman Crothers.
2: Metal up your ass.
1: Yes. (laughs) Metal up your ass. They should have called it that. (laughs) That would have been great.
2: Uh, Uh, I might have read it then.
1: (laughs) We are so out of here. Everybody, have a healthy, happy, and safe 4th of July. If it's lit, throw it do not hold it in your hands and make the same mistake I made when I was like 13 Um, I still have all my fingers though all my digits, so I'm okay so go have a a healthy and happy and safe 4th of July eat, drink and be merry, come back we'll be waiting for you, that's all we got this is your part yeah Uh there you go say bye Jason
0: say bye Jason Jason, happy Fourth of July, everybody! Oh my God! What? Be
2: safe, everybody. Yeah, On
0: please. The Fourth of July.
1: Throw it! Don't hold it in your hand. That's right. For Kirby's sake, don't do it.